you don't have to. It's it's nice um, because you can hear yourself, so you it, it helps a little bit. Um, I hear myself. It's your I'm choice. Weird in the phone but it uh it kind of helps too. Where you, it's a little easier to hear other people talking and how it works. I thought that patient was about to start wanking it to our voices the other day, dude. <laughs> you guys do have beautiful voices. Yeah, he was yeah. like, Jesus, these two voices here. It's like you guys are magical unicorn Which creatures. one's Fergie and which one's Jesus? <laughs> We're both. Yeah. Yeah. There we, yeah, and just try to keep it about that. Okay. okay. Like closer, better? Like Yeah, a little closer. You want to be about a about a Hand width apart. Am I supposed to say check, check? Yeah, you're good. No, you're Is solid. Good? Man. All right. no, check, we're good. <laughs> right, do I have to like stroke this carefully? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just Where's, right. At a medium pace. Yeah, at a medium, medium pace. pace. Yeah, exactly. That's right. All right, nice. Yeah, yeah. Can I check, check? Check, check. Tony, check, check. I can, I can kind of hear it, but it's definitely not like. Yep, yep, yep. That yep. better? Yeah, that's way better. I hear you good. How about me? Okay. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. I sound okay. All right. Yep. You sound great. You, Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you just need like two little dangly balls. Right there. <laughs> Bro, can you uh, can you say that line from Super Troopers for me? Which one? Drop your drawers and touch your toes. I'm gonna show you where the wild goose goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go right. on that. Um, Glenn Glickberg. Yes, sir. I said it right. That's right. Awesome. That's right. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having um, me. Like we said, I don't have a plan for this at all, but uh, from the reports that I've received from Tony. Uh huh. Um, you are nothing less than interesting to talk to. Wow. And so, all right. so far, yeah, it's setting the bar high. You can blame Tony on that one. That's all right. Um, but, uh, so you guys work together at the addiction clinic. Is that correct? Nope. No, yeah. different. Yeah. Oh, different jobs. Close. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Different you, kind of I, drugs. Yeah. Different kind of drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you guys work together and that's where you guys met and whatnot. Correct. And, um, I know Tony's, a couple times been like he said he's like yeah i was having this conversation with glenn he's like i feel like he should have been having the conversation with you not me but i don't know i'm all so, about good conversation yeah, yeah that's what that's what he said so um well I, I guess you know i haven't done this in a while but what's that a little little backstory on who who, who are you if, 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 who is glenn who's glenn who's glenn yeah glenn's a 41 year old dude married with two kids uh originally from ukraine odessa ukraine um, came here in 89, so I was 10 years old when we came over here. Um, I grew up in the uh, the Mayfield Heights area. Uh, who am I? I mean, I think I'm a lot better at answering questions than that, but I mean, it's just, who am I? Like I said, I'm just, I think I'm an average dude who likes to think outside the box sometimes, but keeps an open mind. I mean, I have my beliefs, but there's definitely a lot of things that are in the world that I enjoy talking about, thinking about, just contemplating. Um, have a degree in finance, so I mean, kind of have a, a, a math slash finance background, and I guess going back to your original point, Tony and I currently work at an HRT or home and replacement clinic, so that's how we came to know each other. Um, enjoyed our chats, I think pretty like-minded in a number of things. Uh, again, love my family, love my kids, you know, if you want to, you know, long walks on the beach, rainbows, unicorns, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I enjoy talking about good stuff, I enjoy, you know, last year as we just talked about you know, got into bourbon a little bit, so I enjoy drinking some bourbon. Enjoy fishing, enjoy golfing, enjoy camping, time with my kids, just kind of seeing my kids grow. I mean, the neatest thing that happened today, my eight-year-old saw the Rupix Cube, so I thought that was fantastic. No kidding. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. That was something that he started about right before the New Year's. Uh, we got him one, and he's been kind of sticking with it the whole time, you know. Every so often, freak out, lose his mind, put it away for a couple of days. Has he been cheating? 
So, I mean, if you want to say by cheating, he actually, I mean, I let him watch YouTube videos. Like, gotcha, so he gets right, to that point. Right. But, I mean, at least. He's not pulling the stickers off or anything. Correct. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I did when I was right. his age. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I did. Or actually, I used to remember, like, actually pull the pieces out. Like, pull the pieces right. out and like, put them back in. I'm like, yeah, I got this. Um, but, yeah, so I think that was really cool. Just kind of seeing an eight-year-old go through the progression of, like, the trials, the failures, tribulations, everything like that. And actually, today, just actually, he was sitting kind of a couple feet away from me. And I saw him just out of the corner of my eye as he put it together and just that light up on his face and everything like he just completely lost his shit he's like oh my god i'm like oh my god so we're just standing there like high-fiving each other so um so i mean that that's all i got for now so obviously no, throughout the course of this conversation yeah, we can sure. elaborate further but that's me in a nutshell yeah i think that's yeah. something special to uh you know talk about kids and seeing seeing them grow up and see them when those things click right and you go you know you see them try and try and try and then all of a sudden it just clicks and right. it's like I know that feeling. Like that's cool. Like yes. it's super exciting for them to be able to to realize that they can do something. Correct. You know. Um, I think. Do you think part of that is the? It's got to what makes it awesome is the failure all leading up the whole the entire time, right? Like, I know we talked about this before too. Um, you know the whole participation trophy thing, right? Um, you know, Which is complete nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. If you if if you never if kids never fail, they don't never learn what it feels like to succeed. Correct. So you neither never get both. Correct. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of you have to fail before you can appreciate the value of success. So, I mean, anytime anything with them happens, I mean, they might have their freak outs. They might have their kind of the negative thought. I'm like, Hey, things happen. Like the world kind of sucks. I mean, life will <laughs> kick you in the nuts yeah. every single day. So for me, I'm a big proponent of <clears throat> how do you, you know, evaluate, how do you step back, kind of evaluate the situation? What led you up to it? How do you learn from it? And then, you know, how do you move on from it? So, I mean, you know, the first maybe couple of times that you do something, it could be an accident, could be a negative, but eventually if you keep doing the same thing, it becomes a choice. So, you know, you have the option to either keep doing the same thing and having the failure or like learning from it and then moving on from it. So I think to that point, it's just, you do have to fail. And I think along those lines, you know, I think me coming from another country and just, I think anything I've seen out there is when, and this is a challenge that I do have with my kids sometimes is... You know, we had the challenges when we came over, you know, in terms of whether people were like, hey, go back to Russia, you know, in terms of the negative connotation of, of being an immigrant or just, you know, anybody that I think has negative impact in their life from various events, I think that makes you stronger. So I think sometimes I have the challenge currently with, hey, I work my butt off, my work works our butt off, we want to give our kids everything, but then are we actually doing them more negative than positive right. by giving them more than we had, but then now they don't have a lot of the negatives that we had as to build a foundation to actually be able to learn from that and actually evolve and get better. So that is something that I kind of do struggle with. So I don't know about you guys and, you know, kind of with your kids, but that that's that's my thought at times just in terms of, you know, I, I want to work hard, give them whatever I can, but... Is that actually a negative at times versus a positive? So, yeah, I mean, I know I'm the same way. Um, I uh, I did not come from a different country, at least not in my lifetime. No, not the um, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe I I think that's another thing too. Maybe, a real side, quick side note: as you were saying that, you know, um, you know, I've kind of become really interested in timelines. You know, we talked about the the histo map, and we got actually hung up in you know the timelines of humans throughout you know the history and where they moved where, where we came from and all these different things and we've we've lost track of of our history right you know as a human race and we think that you know 50 years is such a long time frame well it might be to one person but 
it's nothing as far as the earth goes or as right. far as the human race goes, all these things. And it, I guess that's why we're, we try to do this. Um, you know, to be able to sit down and just talk to somebody for two to three hours, you know, people don't do that anymore. And that's kind of the idea, but right. going back to what you said, um, I didn't come from much, you know, I, I've had plenty of times, um, in my younger days where I didn't know where my next meal was coming from, you know, so to be able to, you know, even do this now and, you know, and be able to, you know, provide for your family and, you know, your kids, it's, I, I struggle with the same thing as, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. I have the money. I could buy you that, right? but I'm not going to, you know, do you want it? I'll, I'll find ways where I guess for me, I'll try to find ways for, you know, my kid to, to earn right. the money right. to buy something or to get something they want. Right. But to your point, like, I, I don't like just giving, you know, things to my kid. You know, a lot of people we talk to are, are weird about it. They have this, like, even during Christmas or, you know, birthdays where we won't, I don't buy, we don't buy our kid crap. Like, I'm not going to buy you a toy you're going to play with for two weeks and then just. If that. If that. Yeah. If yeah that. And then just throw it aside. Like, you know what, if you want something like that, you got to, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. So then you can waste your own money, but you're not right. wasting mine. So like, but we get her practical things like, um, you know, we give her like uh, STEM kits and different things like that, that are fun, right. but still practical. Educational and, learning. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's cause I mean, that's, and I'm starting to see that in her as well as just that learning piece, you know, talk about give it the Rubik's cube, like being able to learn to do that. And, you know, there's, um some personal triumphs in that that I think go a long way. Huge. Huge. Yeah, even outside of personal triumphs. So if you look at it from uh, like neuroscience, it has to do with when you actually complete a task and they say that uh, the neurons actually change when you, you basically complete the journey, if you will, or complete the task. And it, it kind of lets those neurons develop into something different that otherwise, if you wouldn't have succeeded at it, you wouldn't get there. Interesting. So I, there is that aspect of the struggle, uh, just cause anything worthwhile, I think you need to struggle through. And that's what I do with my kids too. Like, um, you know, they, they need to work, you need to struggle, you need to experience some sort of adversity because that builds a character and it's going to make you appreciate it a hell of a lot more when you get there. Um, but there's actually, like I was saying, there's a scientific element to that with the neurons and completing a task. And, you know, if, if you're doing a workout or something and you're like, man, I got to get 10 rounds of these 10 sets and you, you get to eight Oh, they've done like PET scans of the brain and shown, and then they've, once you've completed it, they've done PET scans and shown something that's actually a little bit different. Interesting. Um, now, does that, how long does that, does that like, I don't know if physiologically is the correct word for it. Is that change for like good or is it more like a, um, like I think, a, yeah, I think it's a complimentary, like cumulative thing is what it is. So as long as you, you keep completing them and I don't think it's like you, you go back at, it's just not additive if you don't continue it if that makes sense i got gotcha. you it kind of like muscle trophy and stuff that you have to yeah. in the same sense keep building on it yep interesting hmm i never heard that before yeah i heard like you know you get um what's the hormone that gets released for you know when you serotonin or yeah, dopamine or... yeah so like you get that that dump of like oh like that felt good like oh yeah, that yeah. Made, you know what i mean like the reward system and true but i didn't know it actually changed the the neural activity mm -hmm. it? it's interesting where how do you how do you know that i dude i just <laughs> i just, <laughs> I just read it around, right? man i stayed I, at a holiday in last night do yeah. all the time i'm just <laughs> non-stop reading these guys will say that sometimes like gary always does that he laughs he's 
he's like, dude, why, why, why do you know that? I'm like, dude, I don't, I just read, I just nonstop reading. And, and I, oh, that's and, right. so you, you are Gary too. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's uh, going to be here next weekend. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, it, that and just talking to people, man, honestly, right. like there's, I mean, we don't have enough time to read everything, but if, if we're able to sit down and have these conversations, like you guys just learn that I learn stuff from you guys all the time. Um, osmosis. osmosis yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, de- well, well it's I guess there's liquor, osmosis. I guess there's liquor here, so yeah, there, that could be awesome. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. There's some water in here, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. After a while. Yeah. So yeah, um, re- reading is a lost art though. I mean, there's definitely less and less reading that goes on. So, I mean, something else I think that we did, you know, I don't want to give ourselves kudos, but my kids destroy books. So, I mean, we're not big fans of having them be in their iPads or technology or things like that. I mean, there, there's a time and a place, but mm-hmm. I think my daughter's probably read the Harry book, like the Harry Potter series four times. So, I mean, they will absolutely destroy. I mean, they'll still go to the library. So, I mean, it's like a treat for them to, you know, go pick out some books, reserve them, read them, and then kind of rinse, repeat, if you will. So, I mean, it's, there's so much knowledge information. I mean, right now that, you know, our society is just instant gratification, if you will, to where I think actually reading you're slowing time down a little bit versus just going out there and googling or something like that now you're actually processing you're imagining things things like that so i mean just you're actually using your brains and then hopefully actually along your points you know your brains are actually forming the right neurons connections things like that to where be able to kind of benefit on the back end i think it's a huge point i think yeah. it's more than just more than just gaining the information from what you're reading you're it's that exercise right of using your brain and understanding and having different thoughts and um that's one big thing i know I've always been, I always enjoyed reading, but it was always like, I just read crap. Yeah. Um, this year has been different. Comic book in the toilet. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> stuff like, you know what I mean, but this year has been a lot different. I've, you know, gone all over the place for nice. just, just searching, you know, and I think that's again, what this is all about. Just, uh, yeah. I don't think there's been a single day where you haven't sent me some article to read. Yeah. Well, or most some most of it's some, usually ridiculous. Some, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but no, I mean, you're reading and it's, it's not completely ridiculous. It's not some, it, it's not complete. I'll leave it at that. It's not completely <laughs> it's not, ridiculous. Not I was going to cite an example, but no. the other cool thing I like that you do with your kids, because you know, we, we talk on a weekly basis is, uh, how much you have them out in nature. Right. Um, I think that's huge, man. Like I, I try and have my kids out in nature as much as possible. Um, I, I think there's, uh, I think there's something different that you get when you're, you're outside, you know, when you're romping and stomping, you're experiencing the woods, a Creek, um, things like that. And it's just cool to hear, you know, there were tons of times where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You're like going camping with the kids, right? you know, doing, doing boy scouts, um, or even just, Hey, we're going to Kalahari. Like dude, right. they're swimming, they're doing something that's physical. Yeah, uh, that's right. yep, exactly. So, and I think that, uh, you know, you said reading's a lost art <sighs> getting off your ass and getting, you know, getting away from video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Physical activity is yeah. a lost art. Oh, yeah. right. Hello, diabetes and obesity. Let's <laughs> go, cakes. Yeah. But I do have to get, I mean, along those points, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife because I mean, yeah. my wife, she's a runner, so I mean, she does that. And, Oof. you know, when I'm at work, yeah, right. I don't, yeah, running stinks. When I'm at work, I mean, you know, she works part time, so I mean, she does the best that she can. But yeah, I mean, she'll take them to the parks, like creek walking, stuff like that. And, you know, it's just, it's something, just always doing something active with them. So, I mean, they, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I have to give her a lot of credit for, I think the both of us kind of, you know, I'll do the camping with them. She's not a camper and like, she'll stay home and I'll do that. And, like, <laughs> I love not taking a shower for three days, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. So I can burn my Ooh. underwear. It's fine. So it's no big deal, <laughs> which I've done. <laughs> I'm like, let me just get rid of that. But yeah, so I mean, I'll do that. Like I'm all for like roughing it, things like that. But yeah, she'll stay at home. But yeah, parks, nature walks, creek walking, just 
diving off little cl- you know, cliffs, things like that, just looking for like wildlife, just kind of, again, I think just enjoying just, it's a beautiful world out there. I think we're pretty fortunate in Northeast Ohio. I mean, I think a lot of people talk negative about Cleveland or Northeast Ohio, whatever it is, but beautiful. Our Metro Park system is, is phenomenal. So, I mean, plenty of trails, rivers, lakes, you know, trees, just everything put together. So, I mean, it's a beautiful place. So I think you just have to get out there and look for it and enjoy yourself instead of just sitting there in front of the TV. I mean, there's a, but obviously there's a time and a place. So, true. Yeah. And I, well, I think talking about Ohio and we've talked about years ago, um, the wife and I talked about moving because she hates the cold. Yeah. She just doesn't like being cold. She, that's just, but man, you think about all the different places now. I mean, out, out West seems pretty cool. All the stuff, all the terrain and everything out there seems really neat, but you know, like Ohio, if nothing else, like we don't have earthquakes. Right. There's not really tor- every once in a while we get a, a occasionally, you know, occasionally have earthquakes. Yeah, nothing. Not big ones. Yeah. Nothing, Until no. there's a big one. Anyway. Right, yeah, nothing worth yeah. it. Nothing I mean, allegedly there's going to be a big one at some point in Ohio. but Yeah, eventually yeah. there's going to be a, a volcano right. in Ohio probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> um, Three million. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but there's, you know, we don't have to worry about hurricanes or, you know, for the most part, hurricanes and tornadoes and all those things. It's We get a, the occasional snowstorm. and right. it's, it's nice in the summer. And if you like, I guess if you don't like winter sports, but there's not really any hills. But right. But still, it's you know it's a it is a nice place to live, and at least I enjoy it. It's you know, and to raise a family, I yeah. think it's a great place to raise a family. Yeah, and it's I think it's a there's there's nothing perfect about any one place, obviously. But uh, I kind of like it. I just like there's no poisonous snakes, you know. For some reason, I don't like snakes. Uh, so. Not not actually. There's uh they're they're coming up. T- timber rattlers and uh, copperheads. Yeah. yeah, I mean like southern Ohio, but not really up here. They're, they were found, I, they were talking about rattlesnakes in... They're all in D.C.? D.C.? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're... they're in the uh, swamp of D.C. I, that's one thing I've noticed recently, because I, uh, I work in an industry that's out in the wild okay. you know, quite a bit. And um, they're coming up. There's, I mean, we've had um, rattlesnakes as far north, even more north than Lake Tappan. Um, so that, you know, that's just south of New Philly. Okay. Um, you know, there's been, um, mountain lion sightings down in Southern Ohio. Okay. Bears are starting to come back now. Like nature's starting to retake over. It seems yeah, like coyotes. I mean, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. I mean, monkeys are using stone tools. So, I mean, they're saying that right now <laughs> monkeys are going through their, yeah. yeah. The stone revolution or evolution. Yeah. That's, that's pretty fascinating to, yeah. to really consider all of that. Um, I did want to ask you because you mentioned so you're from Ukraine, right? You moved over when you were ten. How, right. how many do you have? Do you have like a whole lot of memories of before you came over? I do. I o- think pretty o- good. Man. Odessa, Odessa, Odessa. So, dude, just for the listeners, man, that don't know the like geography of Ukraine, kind yeah. of tell them a little bit about where it's at, what sea it's next to, that kind of thing, if you don't mind. Guys, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people have the preconceived notion, you know, all of Russia, Ukraine is just yeah. a frozen tundra. Yeah. So, right. yeah, no doubt. Uh, no, Odessa is a, I think it's a pretty unique place. I mean, both historically speaking and geographically speaking. So, you know, I, I would actually pretty closely equate it to Cleveland in terms of that. So, I mean, we had all four seasons, you know, Winters were winters, and then summers, it is a resort city. It's actually one of the oldest port cities in the world. So, I mean, it's pretty accessible. It's in the Black Sea. Across the Black Sea, you know, you have, obviously, Turkey, you know, Egypt, things like that, too. So, I mean, you're talking about a, a pretty kind of, in the summer, a tropical type of atmosphere. So, I mean... How, how close are the... Like, if you were going to jump on a boat, how long yeah. would it take you to get to Turkey or Egypt? Or? Uh, I mean, I know by a plane, it was an hour, hour and a half. So okay. I mean, I would so, very accessible. Yeah, pretty close. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, we went back in the early, so I moved here in 89, went back there in early 2000s, and part of our trip, we went to, actually, Istanbul, Turkey for four days, and then we flew to Odessa, and that was, like, like I said, an hour, hour and a half trip, so okay. we flew in, like, a Yak 42, I think it was one of those, if you remember, like, some of the, uh, like, the old, like, Indiana Jones movies, yeah. like, there's, like, go in the back, <laughs> there's a hole in the floor, things like that, too, I'm like, the, the seatbelt doesn't work, but yeah, I'm like, you guys land or just take the raft and just, yeah, yeah no, we just glided in. That's yeah. what I figured. <laughs> yeah, there's duct tape holding everything together. I'm like, yeah, that was great. So I'm like, I just thank you, you know, every baby Jesus, everybody out there that we landed. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the exact kind of topography, if you will, in terms of distance, but yeah, again, hour, hour and a half flights. I mean, that's pretty close. Was that 500 yeah. some probably miles or yeah. kilometers if you're talking about the other system? So, true. Uh, yeah, no, it was a great city. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess the difference would be is most of the population lives in like high rise apartment buildings. So, I mean, you're talking about, you're not talking about like suburban areas. You're not talking about a lot of houses. I mean, it's mostly kind of what you would, from that point, what you would imagine as Soviet Russia, if you will, in terms of just a lot of high rise buildings, things like that. So that's kind of grew up. But I think maybe if you want to get into more into the weeds, I mean, we grew up. So, I mean, my dad's an interesting character. So we can maybe talk about him at some point. So like we had an apartment, but we also had a summer house. So, I mean, you know, a dacha, if you will, that's kind of what you would know it as. So, I mean, I live. You know, I think we were maybe a half a mile away from the Black Sea. So, I mean, we would go there at the end of May till, you know, early September. So, spend three to four months every day. I'll go to the beach, do stuff, and just swim, fish. You know, we had, you know, like mollusks and kind of things like that just growing off like the pier. So, just dive into it, grab a knife, grab a basket, you know, scrape a bunch of kind of stuff like, you know, oysters, kind of like stuff like that. And just grab, you know, whatever fire pit you can and just... You know, we can literally go from diving into eating within the next 20, 30 minutes. I mean, it was just, it was pretty cool. So, sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, that was absolutely awesome. So, I mean, but obviously a different time, different place. I mean, but it was, it was an interesting place. So, we had to get very creative. You know, not a lot of technology. So, I mean, we definitely <laughs> right. got very creative. <laughs> yeah. Very creative. So, Probably it's a not giant the sandbox. <laughs> giant sandbox with sharp objects and yeah, 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 quick projectiles. So, Oh, the strong will survive, though, right? <laughs> correct. That is correct. Yeah, not everybody did, but I mean, I made it through. So, yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, growing up, I mean, obviously, in that part of the world, war came through it, if you will. So, I mean, I remember like digging places. I remember one time I found like a like a live ordinance. So, like they call the police and like everybody and to like dig this thing out. So, I mean, I'm like oh wow, and, like it was like yeah, a little like you know, like a cannon shell. So, but like actually a full knife piece of it. So, can't really find that here. I don't think so. No, not not unless you dig super deep. I Correct. Think. Yeah, right. yeah. I guess it depends on you dig. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it depends on your uh, beliefs of human culture, right? Uh, so, well, so why why did why did your family come over here? Was there a, you know, a particular reason? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a reason that you move halfway across the world, but yeah. I mean, so we we left in the '89, so we actually left in the summer of it. Um, so right before actually the wall came down, what was it? October, November, I think, in '89. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so I'm Jewish, so I mean, we kind of left as like refugees, if you will. Um, so I mean, when we left, I mean, my family was actually doing very well at that point. So I mean, kind of my dad figured out the system; he was working the system, if you will. And but it was still one of those. Any given day, anything could happen. So, I mean, no guarantees. I mean, there were people getting killed all the time. There's people just, you know, could be jogging somewhere, just getting gunned down, things like that. So, it was just one of those where no guarantee about tomorrow. Like, you could be doing well today, and tomorrow you could be dead. So, like, you could be on the street the, the following day. So, it was just, you know, at that point, I can 
quoting my parents, you know, America was the golden toilet. You know, that that's kind of the place to go. To. <laughs> yeah. And now it's turned into a shit story. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Everything was made out of gold. You know, Still a toilet, gold. not so golden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just the land of opportunity. So just one of those where you leave maybe what you have. And Tony and I talked about this the other day, so it's just kind of hit me at this point. Like, my parents were actually my age, like, right now when they moved over. And I'm like, holy shit, like... Can I imagine myself completely uprooting my entire family, my lifestyle, my everything, and moving to another country? That takes a lot of balls. I dude, mean, dude, is, we, we always joke about how big the wheelbarrow was that his dad had to use to carry his balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it was something that was longer than making. So it, to that part, so I mean, actually, so I was born in 79, so actually my parents wanted to come over in, in, the, in the late 70s. Actually, to the point where, you know, there's a process you had to go through. You had to, like, file an application, like the Communist Party. They had to approve for you to like be able to leave. So my dad was actually part of the communist country. So yeah, actually, actually, like I, everybody had to be a part of the communist country. And in, in essence, if you wanted, so I don't to, think you get a choice, right? You had no choice, correct? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, like the boy scouts L- here. Listen up, America. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no choice, zero choice. You had to be in the communist party. If not, you're completely like ostracized. So like whether you believed it or not, like you had to have your card. I was in something called like the pioneers, or like you know, kind of comparable saying too but it's like the boy scouts here like you know if you've seen some photos you know people like kids wearing like the red ribbons and stuff like that so i mean that was like their boy scouts i mean it's kind of a long story there but um but again it was part of the process like you had to like conform or if not you're pretty ostracized so so it was something that they filed for permission to be able to leave you know in like 78 early 79 before i was born and they were pretty much they were told yeah no problem you guys can actually leave. we actually got to the point to where my parents sold everything they had. They got rid of the apartment. Like, they got rid of, like, anything, couches, you name it. Like, in essence, they had no place to go. And it was, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, half the family can go. The other half of family cannot. So just, like, the way the papers came back, they're like, yeah, you can go, but only half the family can go. So in essence, long short, they had to start completely over all again. over again. Oh, like, literally, like, rebuy stuff and just completely get back on track and – it wasn't easy to get an apartment. Like you had to like know somebody and things like that. It's not like you just go out there and like, Hey, I like this apartment. I want to rent it. Like there's, there's a process. Like there's like green, like wheels. You got to grease in order to get it. So it's just, it's a completely jacked up system, but that's how it worked. Like side story. My dad used to drive around. Like he had a car. Now most people didn't have a car. He had a car, but like he'd have a, a case of vodka in his trunk. He got pulled over. Here's a bottle officer. Thank you. Have a good day type of thing. So, I mean, that was like, get out of jail free card. So now, you know, I carry bourbon. All the time. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> just the American version. Yeah. 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 Shut your body cam off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of part of the story. So, I mean, so they gave up on that for a period of time. So, yeah, because really if that would have came through, I would have been born here. Like, I would have been born around, along the lines of transition here. So they gave up. And then, you know, at some point, just kind of as things were happening in the 80s and things like that, too. And just, again, just to get away from the uncertainty and just, hey, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do what I can. And then kind of start the life over again. So that's kind of what caused us to come over here. So, I mean, our journey was, you know you don't come straight here for the most part. So like the way we ended up being, and I'll tell you kind of the whole story. So we were leaving in the morning. So we were supposed to, we had a bus coming for us first thing in the morning. Um, so the night before, you know, my parents called friends, family over, things like that. Like, so who was coming over? It was my family. So, which was my dad, my, my mom and dad, my grandmother, my, my, my grandfather passed away at the time. Um, my dad's mom, um, and then my uncle, his family. So two kids. So it was what, nine, 10 people. So the night before we're coming over, you know, they have a family gathering, you know, drinking, whatever, just kind of saying goodbye, things like that. I'm out in the yard, you know, an apartment yard playing. What do I do? I break my arm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, I, like literally the night before. So, I mean, this Dude, that's is, like the beginning of the this whole shutdown thing. The yeah. kid, like one of the 
go run and play, but don't break anything because we can't go to the hospital. And that's (laughs) what I did. That is what I did. So that's exactly what I did. So I'm just out there jumping around. I'm like, uh, yeah, we had like, they were kind of like these little monkey bars. So like, what do we do? We stacked up like these big, like Mac tires, like six feet high, climb on them, jump on this 10 Why wouldn't you? Right. Nothing else to do. So I mean, yeah, that's what I do. So I jump and I slip and fall 10 feet down and I brace myself in my left wrist and I, you know, just looked like a purple snake. So I, you know, thankfully I didn't panic. So I walked into my mom. I'm like, I think I broke my arm. <laughs> She's like, oh shit. So this is part of Russia as well. So it's like nine o'clock at night, eight or nine o'clock at night. My dad already sold his car to somebody. So no car. And then my dad's at the dentist because he was getting his teeth fixed before we're leaving. Yeah. It's just such an odd system. So, I mean, it's, you know, cause you can't just do this. You can't just do that. So my mom's trying to get a hold of him. She can't get a hold of him because it's not like you just, you know, th- there's no paramedics. There's no fire department. There's none of that. It's just you're kind of on your own. You got to find your way to go to the hospital. So I'm like, all right. So she, my mom ended up getting contact with the person that my dad sold the car to. Some like random dude that bought the car. He came over actually, thankfully, like drove me to the hospital. And then they finally got a hold of my dad. My dad might be in the hospital. We walk in into like the ER and there's like 40, 50 people there. And I'm number 40, you know, grab a ticket type thing. Like, and you know, we're like, we got to be on the bus at you know, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. It's like 9, 10 o'clock at night at this point. It's like, what do we do? So my dad had some cash on him, just starts paying off people. You know, just like, all right, doctor, nurse, whatever it is. So next thing I know, 10 minutes later, I'm already, you know, getting you know, getting my, you know, just getting put to sleep. And they're putting a cast on. So I get home at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and pack it up. And then off we go. So our first stop was to go to Austria. So, I mean, that was kind of the first stop. Again, you don't go straight here. So the bus, the bus takes us there. So we spent a couple of weeks in Austria. Um, and then I had some, like, so I had a full cast up to, you know, half of my bicep. So some blood was coming out of my bicep. Or kind of in that area in terms of, like, where the, the cast was rubbing up. And so we go to the hospital, and the Austrians are like, oh, stupid Russians. They don't know what they're doing with the medicine, things like that. So they put a new cast on. So they took the cast off, put it on. And then, you know, spent another, so I think we spent a total of about three weeks there. And then we get to Italy. Uh, that was the next stop. And then we were there, so spend. So actually, that was probably a nice part because we're probably about a block away from like the sea. The way Trinidad, we had a big ass house, just like a villa, like literally a block away from the sea out there. I can't really swim. I remember like putting out, you know, garbage bag on my arm and like going into the water with my hand above my head and things like that too. But I remember being able to like completely twist my wrist inside the cast, like left and right. I'm like, this doesn't feel right, but we'll see what happens. So go to the hospital there to like take it off they're like uh yeah stupid austrians they don't know what they're doing with their medical system <laughs> like yeah. we got to re-break your arm like, that's fantastic so all right so they re-break my arm put another body cast on or another arm cast on so then kind of go through the motions when we're in italy we got to fill up our time so my brother and i would you know probably see some people in new york like used to go to like the corner and like just dump water in people's like cars and stuff like that and like brush it off of like you know the like the window cleaner stuff like that just try to collect some lira so we got you know we made a couple hundred bucks like doing something like that and then every sunday i remember we had to go to like the town square and then they would read off the name of x amount of people like hey if your name got called you're free to go type of thing like america will take you now so like at that point we're supposed to go to new york originally um, so we had some family there and that was kind of how the whole thing came together in terms of who invited us. Cause you had to have, you know, an invite from a family member. So we had some cousins in, in New York and that's who invited us. So, so I remember going to the, the, the market square every Sunday hindsight. I'm like, Italy was awesome. I mean, beautiful, like loved Italy. Like we traveled through different parts of it. Things like that. I'm like, what city was that? Uh, so this was in, in, in Santa Marinella, Italy. So it was probably about 45 minutes, miles, like, uh, West of Rome. Okay. Kind of in that general yeah 
ballpark, but I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Like hindsight, I'm like, what were we in a hurry for? Like, this is great. Yeah. Like great weather, great <laughs> yeah. food, great everything. I'm like, why are we already like go anywhere? But, um, so yeah, long short, that's kind of what we did when we were there and about three, three and a half months in Italy. And then we ended up, you know, so finally they're like, all right, our names got called and they're like, um, you can't go to New York. I'm like, what do you mean we can't go to New York? Like New York is full. I guess we find out at some point and I don't know if it's true or not, but that was my understanding. There, there's a quota that every city has like 25,000 people, like we'll take 25,000 immigrants per year, like legal immigrants, if not either another city or you kind of go back to the back of the list. So, so remember they're like, um, you know, Cleveland, like you actually have some family in Cleveland. Do you want to go to Cleveland? My dad's like, what the hell is Cleveland? You know, like, what is that? Like, you never heard of it. So, <laughs> so you ended up calling, uh, like he had a cousin here and my dad was outside of what, and we can talk about that later in terms of what he was doing, but like he went to, you know, he was in the Navy and then like technical school and he was a machinist, like kind of by trade, that's what he grew up doing. So he ended up, you know, getting contact with his cousin and the cousin's like, you know, they talk with, he's like, how's manufacturing, you know, how's that part of it? He's like, yeah, everything's great. So, I mean, yeah, back in 89, 90, I mean. Right, it was booming. Yeah, it was great. So, I mean, that's what I was like, all right, fuck it, we're going to Cleveland. <laughs> so that's kind of how we ended up in Cleveland. So we came here and. Yeah, I remember just, you know, we came to, it was um, Plymouth Park Apartments in, in Mayfield Heights. That was pretty much like little Odessa or like little Russia. Like Mayfield pretty much at that year, like back in the 70s, it was more like Parma, some of those places. But in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, because there was a couple of different waves of people, kind of immigrants that came over from Russia. But in the late 80s, it was from, you know, Mayfield was pretty receptive when you came to, you know, taking like the Russian immigrants or refugees, whatever you want to call us. So. Yeah, we ended up living there, and, like, the first words my dad learned were, like, give me draft, I give you jobs. I mean, I remember him telling us stories of, like, him going, like, I remember, you know, he, he would have an interview somewhere because, you know, he would go through, like, the Red Cross, like, the JCC, the Jewish Community Center, like, trying to, like, line up interviews, things like that. I remember the night before, like, say he wouldn't be late, they would drive out to the place to see, you know, where it's at, just to make sure, you know, at that point you didn't have Google Maps or MapQuest or something like that. You're, like, <laughs> looking at a map, you're, like, trying to figure out how to get there, so... Uh, and yeah, so they would kind of like check it out, you know, scope it out the night before. And then you go up there in the morning, like wearing a suit and stuff like that. And like, he was, like I said, give me draft. Give him like, what are you talking He's like, draft job, you know? So remember him telling us stories like they would just give him a, you know, a piece of like, you know, draft paper of like, here's how you tool a piece of machinery. And he'd be wearing a suit, walk into the machine shop and like tool this piece in front of him. And that's how he ended up getting his first job. So that's awesome. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even that's you know, I think it's I think it's pretty phenomenal to I'm really glad that you told that story because um, I think it's so many people you know myself included don't realize what it's like in other places right you know you especially you know I'll play the I'm getting older card kids yeah. these days right like kids these days, you, yeah. you just don't understand because we're I've said it before we're just so insulated here and people don't want to Maybe not necessarily they don't want to understand what's going on around the world, but, you know, they got their tablet to watch. Right. Or they got, you know, their, they got some TV shows they want to watch. And they right. just they have no idea what it's like for, you know, your kid breaks an arm, you can't even call an ambulance. Right. Like that's There's pretty, no 911, yeah. That's pretty incredible. Is this, do you know, is it still that way in those parts? Or No, I, I, I think it's become more normalized, but I mean, it's still not what we have here. I mean, right. we have a fully functioning, you know, emergency system, so. Yeah, and people give America's medical system crap. I mean, it's not great. Nothing's ever perfect, you know. No. Um, so you said you went back in, what, early 2000? Early you 2000. Family there? And we do. So is, on both sides, you guys have a 
pretty big family or is it just uh not big but i mean it's diverse so i mean i think along the lines of kind of knowing what happened with the country as you know the wall fell obviously at that point you know ukraine became independent so i mean you know it, it's unless you kind of know you know or if you don't you know it's not really russia if you will say like if people say like where are you from I'm from ukraine not really from russia i mean it's easy to say i'm from russia because that's what everybody knows that but i mean th- there is a huge dynamic when it comes to the ukrainians and the russians so it's one of those you either know or you don't so if i know if i know the person that i'm speaking with i'll say ukraine if if i feel like they don't know you know a large part of that history i'll just say russia just kind of to keep it simple if you want um but yeah i mean i think along those lines i mean very different dynamics i mean you know in that well, more, most parts of that world you either have it or you don't like you have your top one percent and then like the bottom 99 there's no middle class there's no like in between so i think a case in point so part of my family's doing very well um so what they have so they literally bought but out one of the floors of an about apartment building like three four thousand square feet blew out all sorts of walls you know it was like i don't know six seven eight story apartment building like blew out all the walls i mean now they have like this big ass apartment they put a four thousand gallon water like drum on top of it so now they have access to water so i mean everything's fine you know i have another family member there like they're on pension which is like 70 dollars a month which is like nothing like literally nothing and we went in there and they had a bathtub full of water because they never knew like when their water be turned off or not. So like they needed to keep the like the water in hand every single time. So so it's just definitely one of those. And I remember when I went back, I mean, I was what my early twenties. Like I was making decent money, single guy, like, you know, my head, you know, a couple bucks in my pocket. I'm like, I'm gonna be great. So we got there and my cousin's like, Yeah, your money's no good here. So like whatever I had in my pocket, he had like ten times as much like on him and things like that. So um we actually had like some bodyguards. Like we would take us to like clubs and things like that. We would go party, have a good time and like some like the fun memories I remember actually that one club we went to like just you know we walk in he's like you know imagine whatever Russian accent you would imagine like what do you want to drink I'm like I don't know whatever he's like how about some Jack Daniels I'm like all right guy that's fine let's go with some Jack Daniels so you know get bottles so we're just yeah just having a good time and then like it's five six o'clock in the morning and like all right and then you turn into like this little breakfast spot. So like you literally went to a club, you had a good time, you got drunk off your ass and then they're serving you breakfast. And then, you know, you're back home at like eight o'clock and going taking a nap. So, I mean, it was, it was a good time. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's, again, it's you either have it or you don't. And it's, I mean, I think a lot of, we see out of a lot of like the Russian oligarchs right now. I mean, most of those guys, how did they get, you know, how do you control like Rosneft? How do you get control of most of the oil utility companies? I mean, most of those guys, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of those guys were probably doing some things that were not above board, if you will, because what happened is they made some money. And then once the wall fell, if you will, you became kind of like a public, you know, you can buy into it, if you will. So, I mean, if those who had the money all of a sudden were able to buy into it, so they turned their, you know, thousands of millions into billions. I mean, that that's kind of what happened. And then, those who did not have much, even though they're they're allocated certain shares, they're like, well, let me sh- you know let me sell it so I can actually make a little bit of money for my family, if you will. So like, the rich got richer, and then the poor got you know a little taste for a minute, but then got poor, if you will, because they did not keep on to it. So yeah, well, I think I, I was listening to a um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the it was it was a guy that um, that made the movie Icarus. Okay. I don't know if, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, um, but it's about um, the doping scandal in the Olympics in Russia and always. Is that Fogel? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Fogel. Um, okay. And I also, I've actually bought the Dissident one because I want to watch that one. That's about the Jamal Khashoggi incident. Okay. Um, but 
he, you know, he was talking about the Lance Armstrong debacle when he was, you know, doping. Everyone, everyone knows who Lance Armstrong is. Um, but, you know, he, he said he'd go to, like, he talked to, like, the top other 10 bicyclists that lost to him year after year. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, was he cheating? They're like, yeah. Were you cheating? Well, yeah. Is, is he <laughs> still not good enough? Yeah, is, yeah. Is Lance Armstrong still the? Is he the best cyclist ever was? And all of them are like, well, yeah. It's like when everybody's cheating, like right. they think, well, it's not cheating. And if to win, you have you have to cheat. Then that's what people are going to end up doing. And it's just a. It seems like that's kind of like a, a system around the entire world where it's like, well, they're cheating, so now I'm going to have to cheat to out cheat them, and you know and to some extent, you know, some people can still do it and be honest with what they do. And it's, but I think it's getting harder and harder. To, yeah. But that's a small minority of the population though. Cause right. I think most of us with our morals and everything, like we just, we want to go to work. We want to come yeah. home, spend time with our family and then rinse and repeat. So, I mean, yeah. except just want to be left alone. Yeah. I just want to be left alone. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it does take a unique character, whether it's here, whether it's in any part of the world to truly rise, to be that 0.0001% person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Well, it's funny. Um, you mentioned as you're thinking about. I, uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day, and he was like, "Do you know there's two Irelands?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah." I said, "I, I do." He's like, and he was in the Air Force and yeah. traveled all around the world. So I mean, he's he's been to a lot of different countries. He's like, I never knew that. He's like, I just found that out just now. I was like, well, I was like, I know that. I said, I probably wouldn't know that. I had um, my mother's fiance. Um, is from Ireland, moved okay. to here, and I think he was like 17 because of all the conflict that was going on between Northern and Southern Ireland. Right. It was just, people were like, well, I never even knew there were two Ireland. It's like, yeah, that's, that's the thing, you know, the separation between all these different countries and states and everything across the world is just, there's so much out there that we have no idea what's going on. Right. With so many people. So it's, that's pretty incredible. So you said your dad yeah. is a character. Obviously he has to be a character in order right. to, to go through the things that, that he did do you think that's where you get a lot of your um whatever i have is five percent of what he's got so i mean literally five percent so i mean if if he was born here he'd be a politician <laughs> that's kind of how i would phrase it i mean he would be your nancy pelosi your chuck schumer one of those guys because i mean he can sweet talk you out of anything and everything so um, sure as hell hope he wouldn't be Nancy Pelosi. You know what I'm he's saying? Getting, he's saying he's getting his hair done in, yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, in terms of being able to convince people into like anything. I know, right? I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. silver, silver tongue devil. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, yeah, I mean, he was kicked out of the house when he was like 14 or 15. So I mean, he lived in the streets, like he hustled. So I mean, he had to do what he had to do to survive. Um, so he kind of made the best of it, if you will. Um, yeah, just a hustler. So, I mean, just kind of knowing what the situation is and trying to make the best of it. Then he joined, you know, as everybody had to join the Navy and, you know, when they turn 18, join the Navy. So, you know, obviously kind of having that street background, he's like, how can I kind of hustle my way through this? I mean, he tried to figure some stuff out. So my dad's a very smart guy too. So, I mean, I think that helps. So yeah, as he's kind of going through it, he ended up going to like a, a radio school component of it in terms of being like a radio re- relay officer. So top of his class. So then, you know, he became friendly with the, the CEO. So he's kind of talking about it. All right, so where do I want to get stationed? He's like, your best place to go is like a, a part of, you know, a couple hundred miles outside of Moscow. You know, there's, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a nuclear like rocket launch center. Uh, and I, I can tie this back actually to to our transition to here as well. Uh, like a nuclear, you know, relay. You know, it's one of those, the president, you know, the, you know, the whatever, the, the commander of Russia picks up the phone. 
you were launching the nuke. So, I mean, my dad was a couple steps away from having to do that. But what do you do with something like that? You really don't. You just drink, you play cards, you hang out, like you skip out, like, you know, hey, my boys will cover me. I'll go to Moscow for a little bit or St. Petersburg, go party for a little bit or come back. So, I mean, you know, you're not in the front lines. You're literally just hanging out, doing nothing. So, I mean, you just polishing a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for it to go yeah. off. Huh? Pun and no pun intended. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just hoping you don't get that call. <laughs> um, so that was kind of part of the stuff that he did. And then the other part was he was always good with his hands. So then as he kind of transitioned from some of that, like, you know, he got assigned to a ship. And at that point, they had, like, competition with the, the different, you know, like, admirals, if you will, like, different people control, like, other, you know, ships, like, destroyers, things like that, too. So they actually had, like, a model building contest. So that's what my dad would do is, like, he spent half his time in, in the Navy, like, just sitting around polishing a rocket. The other half of time just putting together, you know, like, toy submarines. But, I mean, these things were, you know, 8, 10 feet long, if you will. So, I mean, like, meticulously planned out and things like that, too. And just taking them to, like, inter-military competitions and stuff like that. So that that's how he spent his time in the military. Um, but that being said, he still he had access to some, some pretty classified, sensitive type stuff. So, actually, when we came over here... Um, Actually, before we were allowed to come over here, like it, it was interesting just in terms of just who knows what, like the governments of different agencies. Like actually, when we were in Italy, um, you know, like actually one of their one of the Americans, like one of ours at this point, actually like officers came over to the place we're staying at, and they're like, here, you know, kind of come with us type of thing. So they actually had him go, and they went into the embassy, and he's like, yeah, I went down like three, four, five like different layers of the embassy, if you will, to where they had a conversation about, hey. You know, just what'd you do in the Navy? Like, what'd you do when you're in the military and things like that, too? And they're like, tell me about what you did. And he's like, tell me about Project Akula. I think it's translated to, like, Shark here. So, I mean, he would tell him some stuff like that. He's like, is that what you wanted to tell? He's like, yeah, we already knew all that. We just we want to make sure you're actually telling us the truth instead of, like, trying to, like, BS us or, like, actually thinking that you're some sort of, like, communist dissident that's coming yeah. over to maybe spy. spy yeah. yeah, and vice versa. So that was kind of neat. So he actually he told him a good amount of stuff about that. And actually, I remember when we came here, like, we ended up buying a house probably within about a year, year and a half of us being here. And actually there, there's a general that came over to the house and actually thanked them for having the conversation, actually giving them like some of the information. So I think my parents have a letter somewhere from like this four or five star general actually saying like, thanks for, you know, sharing this information. So just knowing that it wasn't like bullshit, like us coming over here and trying to do anything. We just literally just trying to further his family and things like that to create a better life. So. That's yeah, wild. It's a, it, and it sounds like yeah, get, get, the, get the hell away from that unpredictability of what was going on in Ukraine at the time. No doubt. And, and again, I, maybe I think maybe to elaborate further on that, because like I said, I mean, I, I guess to the point we were doing well. So, you know, Russia, again, it was money talks, like everything like that. So it was I would describe it as a command economy. So the, my understanding of it was and I'm sure I don't have all the facts, but just my understanding was. The country at that time was broken down into X amount of quadrants. So, I mean, let's say it was eight or ten. And where I'm going with this is, like, every single part of the country would get the same allotment of, and this is the truth, like, pantyhose, you know, books, bras, fur hats, things like that, diamonds, whatever it was. So, you would have the same, let's say, thousand fur hats shipped to Moscow as you would to, like, Kazakhstan. You know, who the hell needs a fur hat in Kazakhstan? (laughs) Nobody. So, my dad would go to Kazakhstan and then, you know, befriend some of, you know, the people who ran the base, like, or just giant warehouses, have some drinks, whatever it was, just to where he would just, they're like, hey, all right, you know, here's the keys to the warehouse, literally would walk in, walk around, be like, all right, I'll take, you know, a crate of this, I'll take a crate of that, and then, you know, would then go to Moscow and sell these for hats, so you can buy them for, you know, 10 rubles a hat, and then sell them for 100 rubles a hat, or, you know, buy it for a dollar, sell it for 10, so you just kind of knew the, the supply and demand, but yeah. that's kind of what happens, is like, when everybody's treated equally, if you will, like, where well, there's no true supply and demand, 
you create inequalities you control like that there's no balance if you will so you're you know there's an arbitrage to be taken care of and that was what he realized and again with him being able to relate to people have a good conversation with people you know drink with them whatever whatever it took if in essence yeah that's kind of how you got access he got the keys to you know those different warehouses and then just go through different it was just so crazy like i remember him telling a story they got an apartment he wanted to buy just a nice furniture set like there's no value city furniture or best buy whatever it is to go buy furniture like you had to put yourself on some sort of list to have access to it and only x amount of people got taken so i remember him telling a story he went to like moscow he knew somebody they went to a warehouse he got this thing and had to get shipped by train back to odessa so we can buy this piece of furniture i mean just think about that like you can't just go buy something like you can't it just there's either a list or you have to know somebody or grease the wheel just to have something as basic as a nice armoire <laughs> i mean it's insane <laughs> but that's how it was i think there's a lot of there's a lot of places around the world that people live like that or even worse they don't have the opportunity to buy a couch or whatever it is which is a separate story right right that's oh you you've baffled me uh, already yeah. Are you, I, <laughs> yeah i'm giving you a lot of stuff to talk about so yeah, i think so, elaborate. so much yeah, not not just, to not to not stay on this topic because we will but man i think and we've said this so many times and we've had this conversation before that these are the things that people in the united states need to hear um you know you, you talked about your dad having to join up in the when he was 18 had to had to go into the navy um i think that's a great thing i think uh you know, I'm not saying everyone, you know, stateside here should have to go in the military, but I think they should have to do some sort of service where they serve someone else, be it the Peace Corps, be it, you know, Doctors Without Borders, something like that, where they're they're serving someone else, going to a different country, just meeting different people, seeing how they live. Um, I think when you see those things, and I'm, I'm not saying America's, you know, the, the, the greatest, you know, the greatest uh, country, if you will, I, I'm not. I'm not, especially now. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> like like we said, it's a toilet. I don't it's know if it's golden it's, anymore. It's troubles. <laughs> but I I do think that provides like perspective, and I think some of the most accepting people that I've ever met are those that have traveled and lived in other countries. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's huge. So I mean, that is something that I think to maybe elaborate further. So we came here, and again, you know, my parents had their background, so they wanted so I have one brother. He's five years older. Go to college. You know, don't care what it is, you got to get that piece of paper. So, I mean, that was kind of what was instilled upon us. But as I feel like I've grown and evolved myself, unless my kids want to be, you know, a lawyer, doctor, whatever actually requires a college education, I'm a huge proponent of whether it's being a plumber, electrician, things like that. So, for many different reasons, let alone financial, let alone not being saddled with, you know, a $200,000 mortgage for a communication degree and making 30, 40 grand a year. So, I mean, just I think being. You know, skilled trade is just a dying art. So, I mean, how many people I've talked to who are like, hey, we have, you know, we have the union, we have the labor halls, and they're empty. Like, nobody 18, 19, 20 years old doesn't want to come in. I can give them a job tomorrow making forty, forty-five thousand dollars $45,000 a year, whether it's, you know, digging ditches or, you know, getting some training, running a backhoe, anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's my plan would be is if I am within means, if I can afford it, if my kids are cool with it, once they turn 18, I will do whatever I can, have them travel for six months, a year. Go make your bad decisions. Go learn. Just see the world. See what's going on out there. I mean, as long as your bad decisions allow you to come back. Correct. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just to that point, like I rather have you make a bad decision when you're 18 than you when you're 25 or 30, yeah. where it just it's a lot more difficult to recover mm -hmm. from. So, and then yeah, just support them along those lines, and just yeah, just kind of see the world, live, you know, experience things that are out there, and then 
because yeah, here we're expected, you know, you go straight from college or straight from high school to college. I mean, how many of us truly know what we want to be when you're 18? I mean, most people don't. So, I mean, but along your lines, I'd be all for, even though we got away, partly I was actually getting away because my brother was 14, 15 at the time that we left. So, I mean, three more years, he would have to have gone in the military. And my brother's personality is probably that he's kind of a nerd. So, it's not the most conducive to the military aspect. And it's not your military here. I mean, whatever you imagine military Com- here. Communications or supply line, I'm sure you would have fit right in. I, I don't know. Or, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, there there were stories of, I mean, people being raped, like males being raped, like killed, like things like that. I mean, it's it's the military. Anything I know about that. I mean, it's like, you know, you want to go in the trenches with somebody if you can't trust that person or if, like, that person can't react accordingly, like, yeah. get, get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, for, I mean, and it's not a good thing to say, but, I mean, that's kind of the reality because, I mean, again, especially in, in that part of the world, I mean, you can be attacked anytime or, like, I mean, it was more like the Cold War. So, I mean, you had to be on standby. So, like, if you can't trust the people. So, I mean, so I think along those lines, like, but here I'm all for it. Like, yeah, any sort of service, yeah, like you said, just in terms of, you know, National Guard, anything like that, just get out there, get some structure. Just just live a little bit before you say, hey, this is what I'm going to do for the next 30, 40, 50 years of my life. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, why can't you just take a couple of years to yourself, like, to enjoy life before, you know, you go through the grind of whatever you do on a yeah. daily basis? So, Especially at that age, too. Right. I mean, I didn't realize, I didn't even realize that I was a shithead until I was like 25. Right. You know, and then I was like, oh, I really am. I'm a shithead. Maybe I should try to figure this out. You know, being your younger 20s, like that's the time you you should be out, you know, making reasonable mistakes. Um, But being able to just to culture yourself a little bit, because I think, again, goes back to the I think it ties in both with the insulation that we have here and um, the lack of hardship that a lot of people have. Sure. Um, You know, without a little bit of hardship and a little bit of exposure to the world, like, yeah you grow into, you know, an asshole doll. And that's, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that, you know. Entitled asshole dolls. Yeah. Yeah. That just don't get it. They just don't understand. It just, I mean, not, I'm not saying that I do fully, but I, I, like I said, I understand enough to realize that, oh, okay, I'm just some asshole. Like maybe I can do something to change that. Um, You know, people don't think that way. At least most people don't think that way these days. That's why I like to surround myself with, you know, I don't have a lot of friends, but I mean, those that I, I am friends with or associate with, I mean, I know if I called them two o'clock in the morning, they'd be there and vice versa. So yeah, I'm definitely quality over quantity type of person. Yeah. But when are the Browns playing? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, when are they going to Let's go. Right? I think that's a big piece of it. Um, so... Are you making any plans to? Have you take, taken your kids over there? Or are you making any plans to like consider that, like taking the kids over to see where you know where you? I want to once, and, once they get older. Absolutely, yeah, I would absolutely love to go back there. They yeah. said that one was eight, so that's pretty young. Uh, to try eight to and ten, yeah. My son's yeah. eight. My my daughter's ten. So I mean, yeah, I can yeah see. give it another probably five, seven years, something like that. So I mean, at least for them to be able to appreciate it. So right, yeah, yeah. that's that's like we talk about. Um, when our daughter was real young, we'd see people like taking their kids to like Disneyland when they're three. Right. What's the point? Why are you wasting thousands right. of dollars to take a three-year-old? You're right. never going to remember it. Like They're doing it for themselves. They're really not yeah, doing like, it for I the just, kids. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, hey, it's re- my kids to Disney. Yeah. yeah, then why didn't you go before you had kids so you didn't have to spend that much kind of money? Like, just, what? Yeah. Um, yeah, we took our kids to Disney like four years ago. So they were younger, but like we drove. So, I mean, we did it on the cheap. So, I mean, we drove, right. you know, whatever it was, just kind of spent, you know, a week down there. But we didn't spend a whole lot of money. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of that is, I think, just for the parents, for us to say, like, hey, we did something for our kids. So I think it's that personal gratification versus actually – 
because how much of that are they actually going to remember? Allowing them, allowing them to experience. Correct. It. Yeah. yeah, that's what we we um we had planned to go out west to see the Grand Canyon. Okay. Because I've never been that far west before, um, and we were planned on doing that in twenty twenty originally, like years ago. And then like, twenty twenty happened. Well, it was actually it was funny. It was um, it was the end of two thousand nineteen. I think it was where we were just thinking about it. We we're trying to plan it out, and it was like you know what, like something just. I just don't know. And like the place we we're going to stay, we we're only going to be able to see the Grand Canyon for like a day or two. Okay. Um, and then, so we decided, you know what, like let's wait and actually make a, like a week and a half long trip out West and go see a bunch of stuff out there. Cause nice. you have like Yosemite and you know, all those right. different things out there. It's a big country. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and then, so we decided, you know what, we'll just go to Tennessee okay. for a week and just hang out there. Like, and you know, go hike and go to okay. Gatlinburg. And we ended up doing that. We ended up making a decision and then, literally months later, you know, COVID happened. Right. So it was like, well, I missed the bullet on that one. Like, right. I don't think I'd want to be, I don't even know if we, at that point where we, we planned, if we would have even been able to fly out to, you know, Arizona or Nevada or whatever, but right. it's a, yeah, a lot more restrictions at that time yeah. in terms of what you're able to do or that's a self quarantine part. Or, right. But yeah. that's what like now, um, our kids nine, um, Eight. I don't know, I can't remember now. Yeah. Uh, you know, somewhere so the birthday 2020 has been a weird, was a weird time yes. lapse. I feel like we like traveled through time or something, something weird happened. I mean, in essence, now we're in month 13 or 2020. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we, I, I know I joked about it in June and basically the entire year of 2020, where everyone's like, oh, I just can't wait for 2020 to be over. I'm like, oh, I, wait, I don't, I don't think, wait, yeah. Yeah. I don't Hold think, my beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fred was like, mm, that's a mistake the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enjoy the quarantine and Netflix while you can, because I don't think 2021 is going to be any better. No. It's all, I mean, but I think kind of what we're talking about, I mean, a lot of things in life are what you make out of it. So, I mean, we all have the option. You either freak out and live in your basement for the last nine months, or, hey, like, let me get closer to my kids. Let me, you know, get more board games. Let me go camping. Let me, you know, do bike rides. Let me go to the park. Let me get out there have more family dinners let me learn how to cook let me learn how to bake let me do whatever it is i mean it's everything's a choice right that's the beauty of our country like we have the choice i mean even though at times it's limited but there's still choices that we have versus being completely shoved down our throats as you say i feel like we had we had more choices yeah. but you know not more everyone choices, can recognize we still have a choice that. sure yeah, there's, there's still choices out there well i think to your point um you know 2020 we've talked about it too it's it's been a fantastic year for me and my family right. um you know, we started this. I mean, I started a bunch of stuff. You know, we talked. I think before we started, um, you know, I've done more reading this year than I've ever, than I've done in years, and it's actually, you know, substantial, beneficial reading right. um, that I'm actually learning something. Okay. Um, you know, uh, my wife's been she's starting a business, and she's gotten all these different certifications for. She's a yoga instructor and nice. does a bunch of different stuff. But do you feel uh, guilty saying that though? Like at times, like because I feel similar to that. Yeah, but like I feel guilty saying that, like because because I mean, there's yeah, people have, you know lost everything they've everything. worked their entire lives for. Correct. You know, restaurant owners and everything, and it was. It, I guess it goes to tie into um, a mutual friend of Tony and I's. He was kind of freaking out about some stuff and he's like how, how are you guys so calm about yeah. everything that's going on and then my response was kind of what you said it's like you know what i can't control that right all i can control is what i can do and my actions and you know try to do the best i can for my family make the right act plan for plan for the worst hope for the best and have a plan for each of them and 
enjoy it while I'm here. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, just control your sphere. I mean, we have our sphere. Like, everything, you know, we can get into the politics part of it, but I mean, there, there's a macro part and there's a micro part. And like for me, it's just what what do I have control over? Everything else I can talk about. It's interesting to talk about. It's interesting to like contemplate or like maybe like the what ifs. But at the end of the day, like you know, I have my house, I have my kids, I have my family, I have my job. I have you know a pillow to lay my head on. What do I control, and how do I make the part that's around me better, or at least add value to it? Because freaking out does absolutely nothing. So I yeah. mean, you know, it's those people that, that that will say, you know, stuff sucks out there, and then that's it. Like, well, okay, if you don't agree with stuff, then propose some stuff or what, what do you do about it so i mean you know it's like telling somebody to go sell without actually giving them a handbook as to how do you sell or you know go build something but if you don't tell somebody how to do it it doesn't happen so i mean unless it's, it's your dad unless it's my dad right now. <laughs> then he'll sell it yeah such a, yeah, he's yeah. definitely a unique character so. that's funny yeah. unless we don't have the choice tony yeah. it's all oh, it's all programmed <laughs> here we go <laughs> no. we're in the matrix yeah yeah I think there's well, I I will say I think there's some interesting theories to that, um, and no doubt ideas for that. I, I maybe we've talked about it before, but the I think we did where it was the essentially breaking down is if we're if we're not if this is we we're doing everything we think we're doing this is this is what it is, or we could be in a simulation or something of sorts of that, or it's the only reason we're not in a simulation is because you know, humanity has been knocked down from getting to that point. Right. And we just haven't gotten to that point yet. Or they evolved enough to the point to where this is what has to get created. Right. Yeah. Before they destroy themselves. Yeah. But maybe it ties into the whole, I've been throwing a lot of Bible Tony this week too. Okay. Maybe, maybe it ties into that where it really, this is like a, I, I had this thought this earlier this week. At, um, I was thinking about the whole simulation and matrix and different things like that. Um, that maybe this is kind of like a job interview. For what? For life after. They're like, as soon as you're born, okay, you just get plugged in. Okay. And you know, say we ha our souls or whatever it is has this capability right. of living for thousands of years or longer or whatever. And all right, the first eighty to a hundred years, let's see what kind of person you are. Okay. That's your job interview. So like if, if you're a piece of shit at the end of it, you don't get the job, like you're just so yep. you're done. Yeah, so maybe. That one happens, yeah, so. if, if you're if you're that bad, you're just like, uh, no, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one wasn't a good one. Right. Or if it's like, ah, yeah. oh, you know what, you made some mistakes, but you know, we got some, you know, floors yeah. that need cleaned. Okay, so you can do that. You can and be dog poop. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah, job, you can yeah. be the dog poop okay. picker upper and see what happens with you. You know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think we were saying before. I mean, we are. We're not even a speck of sand. I mean, even that would be like too big. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the Earth being what twelve, eleven, twelve. I mean, I think some people would say eight billion, but I mean, I've seen some certain recent numbers. Actually, thinking we're like twelve, closer to like eleven point some billion years old. We're talking about eighty to hundred years out of like ten, twelve billion yeah, my, years. Yeah, your brain can even like think, think of those yeah. numbers. Right, that's yeah. a lot of zeros. I mean, yeah. you're just putting it all in context to where we where we are non-consequential so i mean it's i mean all you gotta do is look at the histomap and go where are we at and then right. you see this little tiny thing on the freaking bottom and you're yeah. like oh and that's only what four thousand years you're, right. you're like that's that's awesome there's more thousand years like right. what yeah and then more million years yeah we're 100 million years right. and then more billionaires what's yeah. hard that's i think that's a big thing is blowing my mind have you ever seen the um or heard of the magical egypt series tell me more no um 
so it's it's not shock. Not well, Robert Shock. Do you know who Robert Shock is? John yeah. Anthony West. I do not. So John Anthony. I West, feel like I just disappointed you, but no, it's okay. Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, but so John Anthony West and Robert Shock, along you know, in with a group of a couple other people like um, like Randall Carlson or um, oh, what's the other guy? Graham Hancock. So they all have different theories and they all have different explanations for this. But John Anthony West and Robert Shock are people that have spent a bunch of time over at Egypt. Okay. You know, going over and studying the pyramids and the Sphinx and all these things. Sure. Um, and Robert Shock proposed that the Sphinx, not only has the head been replaced, but that the erosion on the Sphinx shows that it dates, that he thinks it dates back over 12,000 years old. Right. I'm, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. In right. terms of, so yeah. he was, he was one of the first people to, to bring that idea up. Okay. Um, so, and, and then I've, you've heard of Gobekli Tepe. Sure. So that's the, you know, archeological site where they think there's hundreds of these, you know, structures or whatever. And that it's were probably where he's hanging out as a kid when he was in Turkey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's no. probably dusting it off. Yeah. I mean, I think along those lines, so just, and we'll get back to your conversation. No, yeah, no, yeah. But, but it's amazing though, because again, like again, I'm a U.S. citizen. I love America, but there's certainly times I'm like, hey, we're like 300 some years old, you know, we're 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 just right. we're like babies. We're not even, yeah. I mean, we're like an embryo or like an, in uterus. Yeah. Right. Versus going to a place, yeah. I mean, Turkey, Istanbul was probably one of my favorite places to visit, and I've been to Israel too. So I mean, like those two places were phenomenal because. You go to a place like that and you realize, like, I'm standing somewhere where, you know, it's four, five, six thousand years old structures. Or you go back to Israel, you know, whatever your religious belief is, like, this is where Jesus walked or whatever you want to say it. So it's just you're, you're talking about structures that are just around for such a long time and how much history is taking place. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like at times, you know, I look at a dollar bill, like, where's this dollar bill been? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Up a stripper's butt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, a somebody, couple times. Yeah, doing a line of coke. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like, where has it been? Like, what country has it been? Like, where has it been? Like, things like that. It's just I, like, I'm, I'm just, that. that's some of the stuff I like to think about sometimes out of the box in terms of like, just, you know, the different things that kind of go on in the universe. But again, just come back. Like I said, we're, we're, we're just, we're America. We're a young country. We have a lot to learn, but other parts of the world are so old. Like I said, you're talking about that. Or I think what made me think, like when you talk about like the Sphinx, but like you look some of the, the great pyramids. There's a baseline, like foundation to it, that a lot of people would think are along the lines, like just so much older than like the top part of it. So, yeah. like, how much of that? But then I think maybe we can maybe circle back our current politics now, plus I think history. History is written by winners. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a loser, you kind of get written out of existence. Yeah. We can talk about the great, you know, the great, you know, African kings, you know, like things like that too. Just, I mean, at some point, the richest person in the world was an African, you know, yeah. king, if you will, control most of, you know, the gold reserves and, and things like that. But you really barely hear of anything like that now. So, I mean, it's all being kind of just completely changed. So, right. I mean, well, I think that even tying that into it, I think there's a lot of people that speculate that the Sphinx was actually a sub Saharan, you know, African face yeah that's why they'll say they there's evidence to show that the um the nose of the sphinx has actually been broken off right. intentionally right because it was it it didn't resemble the quote-unquote egyptians that we think that this was built after and it right. was like no this might have just this might have been an african king that this, this was built after right and that completely you know like you said that completely changes history correct um 
but yeah, tying the original reason why I got on that tangent with the um, Gobekli Tepe in Egypt was, you know, there's things now that show that there's potential civilizations that are older than 12,000 years old. And we think we're so special in our 4,000 years. Right. That's three times longer. So once again, what's been here before us? You know, yeah, I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> there's no rules here. Let's go, there's let's no dive rules, in. Yeah, let's go, <laughs> yeah. bees deep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you know, it, it's one of those. I love history, I love the whole, you know, just I'm a big proponent of, you know, just those that don't know history or don't learn history, I'm like doomed to repeat it. So, like, for me, I mean, there's definitely that part of because if anything, just from a data, from a math point of view, again, if you're talking about again, whether it's eight point some billion years or 11 with some. You're talking about in the bees. You're talking about a lot of series. You're talking about a long, long time. So, like, for us to be cocky enough and say that our civilization is 10, 12,000 years old, like, in terms of, like, males going from the Stone Age to, you know, going to Mars in the next 10, 15 years, in a matter of 3,000 years, 4,000 years, you know, 6,000 years, I think that's pretty cocky of us. Yeah. That That's kind of my thought about that. So, like, for me... Whether it's talking about like Noah, like the whole biblical flood thing, you know, you're talking about pretty much most civilization out there around the world, whether it's South Africa, like South America, South Africa, like Africa, like Europe, like Asia, pretty much every civilization out there based on what I know. And again, what do I know? I don't know. I just know what I feel like I've seen out there. But pretty much every civilization out there has some sort of flood event that that's transpired. Yeah. Randall Carlson has some really interesting thoughts okay. about that. Yeah, like, so that might be a person that if you don't know, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to need some show notes after this. Yeah. yeah I think I need some study <laughs> notes after this, yeah. you know, so that's kind of my thought is like, all right, so that, so then beyond that. So if you're talking about that, then how many like civilizations were actually actively like communicating with each other prior to mm-hmm. like some sort of point. So, I mean, you know, can you really say it was the Vikings? No, it was before that. It was like the Mycenaeans, was the Egyptians, like was it like something before that? Or are you talking about something like ten, twelve thousand years old? Like you're talking about and again, you know, who do you really trust at this point? I think for all for me it's just the more knowledge I can suck in, for me I I can formulate my opinion, but then be open to a change of it if there's some other data that's out there. But, you know, done some core drilling and then all of a sudden 10, 20, 30 feet down, which is, you know, a hundred thousand years they find some sort of antiquities if you will like how did that end up being 80 feet down like somewhere in the middle of like earth somewhere i don't know i mean there's parts of africa i mean or parts of india that looked like they might have been attacked by you know some sort of like nuclear weapon if you will or it's such a slippery slope and like a rabbit hole so i mean what i believe or i don't it's just it's interesting to talk about you know just put it all out there and see kind of what's out there and at least contemplate on it but again it's the earth's been around for a long, long time for, for us to say that this is all we had for the last six to 12,000 years. And that's it. I, I think that's kind of cocky of us. No, I'm totally on the same page. Cause that's the same way when I, you know, there's a lot of rabbit holes to go down. Um, and I think there's a lot of good rabbit holes to go down, yeah. at least for me, you know, looking into some of the stuff you've talked about, you know, some of the things you see around the world and, uh, you know, obviously I mentioned Gobekli Tepe multiple times, but that's one of the more, what's one of the interesting ones for me is because it was everyone agrees that it was intentionally buried. Right. Like, why are you going to bury this 12,000 year, like at least 12,000 years right. old? And it was intentionally buried. Like why is it just because they wanted to like, come on, like right. there's reasons that people do these, you know, massive undertakings. Right. And to just to see some of those things and to take some of those deep dives on, to look at some of the evidence and, and to consider that, you know, the experts throughout the ages 
have always been wrong because they just, that's just the knowledge they had at the time right? until someone comes along and proves them wrong and goes, no, well, that's actually not that this right. is until you, they, they get proved wrong. You're the experts. Or that's the path of least resistance stuff. Cause you don't want to be challenged by the community. So you're going to go along with whatever the commonly accepted theory is. Right. Yeah. So I think that it kind of ties into what we hear a lot. These oh, listen to the experts. Right. Okay. I'm okay with listening to the experts because they have the most knowledge at this point in time. But to say that the experts can't be wrong, well, throughout history, the experts have always been wrong right. until we learn something new. Right. And I think to me, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, like it allowed me to, to see that and kind of open my eyes to other topics and other, you know, things and other ideas that people had um, and apply it to, you know, my own life, you know, in a situation where it's, you know, keep an open mind. Right. You, you know, you never know what you're going to yeah. find. You know, you start digging a hole to build your house. You know, I know this happens a lot over, you know, especially in, you know, the Turkey area and, you know, Middle Eastern where those histories have been around for those cultures have been around for so long. They start, you know, digging to build an apartment building or something else. And they run into something. Or tunnels that are 5,000 years old. Right. Right. And it's like, well, construction has got to stop because we found something here we didn't expect. Right. You know, or like changes. the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. You know, you find something like that. And I think now we can get into the conversation of institutions and like the money flow power aspect of it. And then you have something like the Dead Sea Scrolls come out and like how much of that does it get censored or really not fully acknowledged that, you know, in terms of the other parts of like the Bible or the other books of it that completely get, you know, washed away, if you will, instead of actually seeing what the rea- reality of it is. So, I mean, a lot of it does come out to like who's got the most to lose, who's got the most to gain, who's got the power. Who's got the money and then... Who's got, got the money? Right. Who's, Show me the money, yeah. Jerry. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, they're just, there's so many rabbit holes. That That's the thing, though. It's like, but I mean, yeah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, nothing like that. I just, I, I keep an open mind, like just learn, read stuff, see what's going on out there. And at the very least, it's fine to have a conversation like this. Have a couple of drinks and just, just talk about it to where like the what if, but... Would anything surprise me at this point? No, like whether it's aliens, whether it's like people being around for millions of years, like anything, just there, there's no, why not? I mean, you know, right. it's, yeah, it's, I, my I, mind is big versus small. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I had a, heard it somewhat explained well to, to at least to trigger my mind. That was, um, you know, the, the ant doesn't realize that, you know, that there's a third dimension, right. You know, basically an ant, you could say, I mean, they dig, you know, they're call, they have their colonies and it is, it's third dimensional, but you know, you have an ant on the table. It doesn't recognize the things on the shelves and the ceiling around it. Right. It's, that's just what it knows. And that's just, it's perception. So to say, you know, kind of going back to your comment to say that, that we know everything and that we're just this, some grand being that has this perfect power and perfect right. knowledge. Like that's a pretty bold statement. Very. You know, especially right. when we can see, you know, like monkeys are starting to use tools. Right. You know, right. Like that w- we started to use tools once. You right. Know, we have cell phones. We didn't have those. I remember it, it clicks for me because I remember when they first started coming out with um, pictures yeah. or camera phones. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck wants to take pictures on a phone? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Here we are. Right. <laughs> you know, Here we go. Here, here we go. You know yeah. what I mean? That, yeah. And that just, and that was what, in the, a 10 year span, you know, whatever it is, it's like, oh, and you, when you look back on being able to remember your thoughts and the history and what you think about certain things and then look at it 10 years later and go, 
okay. Like I see how this stuff happens now. Like, right. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. Me. Yeah. It looks like you were going to say something. No, yeah. I was just agreeing, listening, man. I mean, yeah. I remember I was, like the phones came, I'm sorry, just when the phones came out, like the smaller, the better. I don't know if you remember, like, I mean, they used to have like little phones that were yeah. like, size of like lighters. Like that was the greatest thing. Like, I, like yeah. look at this, my little pea size, like. And then here's phone. like the, here's yeah. the Galaxy 20 Note right. Plus 6. Like, here's my <laughs> iPad. Yeah, like I can make yeah. my phone calls from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, things change. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just, you know, the path of least resistance. I mean, if there's organizations, whether it's financially, whether it's power, whatever, some sort of, you know, the hierarchy is. For anybody to go against the grain, you're going to be an outcast unless your voice is loud enough and then you have enough data and then it starts catching on. So whether it's the historical aspect of it, whether it's somebody talking about any sort of financial theories or politics or anything like that, it's just, you know, they're all conspiracies until, you know, it's, one comes true or true. Yeah, until it's well, proven true. Was, was it Galileo that, yeah. they, no. you know, in prison for saying that the world was round? Yeah, a lot of people are like, <laughs> or Tesla, Nikola Tesla, like at the turn of the century, I mean, just talking about all that kind of stuff and like now... We're living off a lot of it, the technology that he came up with, and he the dude died broke. I mean, to think they came across my newsfeed today, like today or in the last, let's say, 30 days, like, you know, just Elon Musk is like the richest person in the world, and yep. Tesla died broke. You know, I just think about that, but like he's using his name and, you know, some of the technologies that are out there. So, yeah, and now he's sending people to space. It's on top of it. So crazy. And yeah. Hell of a lot cheaper than NASA. A lot <laughs> yeah. cheaper than NASA. Yeah. Yeah. Bezos just did his, you know, with what is it, blue? something i mean blue tortoise or something like that i mean they just did their you know earth flight and what have you so i mean they're oh, sending... did he? i didn't even know that yeah yeah bezos has yeah i mean virgin galactic i mean or virgin like i mean they do from virgin they have like a space company obviously elon musk has one uh, jet bezos he's got some sort of orbital i think sp- anybody with legit money right is is their investments yeah in space Why not? yeah that that's the next frontier so yeah I mean, well i heard um neil degrasse tyson talk about it but once before too, where he said, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the inventions that we've had in the past 20, 30 years came have, from, have came yeah. from like the intentions. They, they needed something in space right. to do this project. Yeah, you know, I think the one simple one was, uh, um, battery power tools Okay, that came from space because they needed something that, that would work in space True. that, I mean, they don't, they can't just plug into the wall and, you know, go and do a spacewalk. They needed a, you know, yeah. a battery controlled, you know, portable, you know, power tools. And it was like necessity is the mother of all inventions. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There's a funny story, I think, about the, the Russians and like the American like space program. Like the Americans, we were trying to come out with some sort of space pen and the Russians like fucking use a pencil <laughs> 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 instead of spending millions and millions of dollars on some sort of yeah. crazy pen like here just use a fucking that, that, that yeah. sounds like some something very american dude <laughs> yeah. we just completely it's, overlooked yeah. this simple yeah. answer what was it what movie was that with um uh with i think it was the one with I can't remember. Space Cowboys or Armageddon? <laughs> no, Arm- I don't think it was Armageddon, oh, yeah. where they go to the space station, the guy from Russia's up in the space station. Mm. He's like, mm-hmm. I tell you, touch nothing. You Americans, yeah, bunch yeah. of cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. always yep. screwing everything up. Like, it's like, yeah, just sometimes the simple, simple answers right there in front of you. <laughs> Did you notice he brought up aliens? I didn't have to do it again. That's the second time in a row. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, well, I... That, I always that bring it up. Probably goes back. Well, that and Quebec <laughs> uh, Le Tepe and all oh, the Matrix. That's why I'm always like, yeah, you guys should be having these conversations. Yeah. Well, and that's. I appreciate them. <laughs> I just don't feel like I appreciate them as much as you do. So, <laughs> well, for the longest time, I was I would make little comments, and Tony's like, this dude's 
I could tell he was just like, this dude's fucking crazy. And I'm like, no, so like, me, or you. me, me. Uh, <laughs> and so if you listen eye. to like, I don't necessarily have crazy thoughts about the, their, their practical theories that theoretically, you know, this could be a thing. Like, but why not though? It's not like you live out of here with like a tinfoil hat on it. I mean, right. You know what I mean? It's not just, usually, it, is just it possible? Or not. I mean, there's trillions of planets on yeah. there. It's an infinite Galaxies. universe. True. Yeah. Like everything. So why can't it be? Can it be? Yeah, maybe. Why not? If not, whatever it is, but at least again, fun to talk about it and at least to contemplate. Well, have you ever heard the, um, the David Fravor story. I don't the, think so. He's, so he's a Navy. Um, he was a Navy fighter pilot. Okay. He was a commander for like 23 years or something like that. And uh, he has, he he's public about it. Um, but he's very, very, you listen to him. It's not a guy you'd think that is, you know, a, a UFO. Yeah. yeah. You know, UFO guy. Um, but he says that he saw one. He talked about. What year was this? Or like what? What, um, what was this? This was late 90s, I okay. think. Early 2000s, something like that. Um, but they were doing a, long story short, they were doing some training out on, in the Pacific. Okay. And they were going out to do their training and um, they're flying around. And when they get to whatever command post they're working out of, the, um, the people said, hey, like, hold on. You got to pause your training. We want you to go check something out. There's these things that showed up on the radar. Um, they've been showing up for the past couple, few weeks, whatever. We see them all the time. We don't, don't really know what they are. Okay. Just go check it out. So he said him and um, his wing person, they flew out there and they saw what they call it the Tic Tac. Okay. I've heard the Tic Tac. No. So they saw this thing that looks like a giant tic tac so it was like 30 40 feet long okay um essentially like hovering just over it's like kind of like oblong object yeah okay. that's all it was there's okay. no markings no you what know, flavor wing. was it yeah, yeah, yeah i don't know yeah, yeah. Orange, yeah. <laughs> hopefully not oranges yeah. those ones suck yeah, no. just men <laughs> yeah just yeah okay. um so he saw this thing basically he said it it was essentially hovering right over the ocean because okay. what, what they saw is they it said the ocean was super calm that day so there's no white caps or anything like that so okay. they, but they saw white caps essentially it's kind of a disturbance in the ocean okay so they're like, all right, maybe, like, let's, what's that? Um, and then that's when they, as they got closer, they saw this thing hovering right up over the ocean. And it seemed like there was something underneath the water. Okay. So he's like, well, I'm going to go, you know, get a closer look, be cautious, but, you right. know, get a closer look. So as he got closer, he says, it, se it seemed like the thing knew it's, he was there. Okay. Um, and then instantly it was just gone. And they're like, like phased out or like flew just, away type of thing, or just gone. Okay, just gone. Just translucent, transparent. Yeah. So okay. he's like, just gone. Okay. He's like, all right. He's like, well, what the hell is that? And he's like, I, I okay. can't find this thing. They were like, didn't see it. And then a little bit, literally a couple seconds later, their command post or whatever said, "Hey, um, we just pinged that thing at your original location." Okay. And it was like, he thought, whatever, you know, is what it is. Like they went on and did their training and. Um, they never saw it. And then, um, weeks, I think it was a couple weeks later, some of the people that were, that he knew were doing out trainings again, and they actually got it on like one of their HUD displays. Okay. They recorded it. He was okay. able to record it. Um, so that's the tic tac, like people search the tic tac video. Okay. That's, it's not actually, it's the same commander. David Fravor says it's the same, you know, event, same area. It was just part of a different part of his group that actually recorded the video. Okay. Um, but he seems very 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 you know credible person right um you don't get to be a commander in the navy and a fighter pilot for 25 years 
being a nut job. Right. Well, know, a lot typically. of that kind of stuff. Is like, <laughs> you know? What does he have to gain from saying something like that? Right. So a lot of times, like when things like that come out for me, it's like, what does somebody have to gain? So I mean, there was I think a what was it a Israeli I think or like that there's some sort of higher up Israeli commanding officer or something like that. He was talking about like just aliens are out there. So it's like for me, it's like what does a person like that have to gain? So I mean, right. okay, you know, if there's a movie or a book or crime like that, then like all right, maybe. But I mean, if somebody literally has nothing to gain from it, then like why even say something? Because you know how the world's gonna react, right? But then even beyond that though, like now you talk about aliens, or then maybe you're talking about maybe like either like other dimensions as well. Yeah, you know. So now that there's like a whole conversation that can kind of evolved from that part of it, like in terms of right aliens and other dimensions and we can get into you know the multi-dimensional like the infinite universe type of scenario of kind of what's going on out there and what's you know what's what's truly out there and what are we really right well that's what i to tie all that in together when you hear you know for me is when i when i started to tie all the all right well neil degrasse tyson who's a pretty respected you know astrophysicist i believe sure you know he's a smart dude yeah yeah, Yeah. pretty smart dude he talks about how there's you know these different dimensions. He's like a fourth dimension. Like he, I think that's where I got the, the ant ex, you know, right. thing from the, where he says the ant doesn't know that there's a third dimension. Well, how do we know that we don't, we're the ant. Yeah. Yeah. The word, the word, the ant in that yeah. scenario, we just don't realize there's another dimension there or, you know, there's lots of planets out there. There's a lot of space out there, the possibility of that. And then you look at, and this is where it gets a little weird. A theory of mine, Tony. I don't think I've told you this one before. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, oh, he's like, oh, Jesus, here we Far go. Far away from While we're connecting here. all these things and tying into, um, like, the the mass uh, catastrophes that have happened to the Earth over the years. Oh, God. I'm going to like you. Yeah, let's go. So <laughs> you look at places like Gobekli Tepe that were right. maybe it was intentionally buried because they know that this happens. Right. You know, we go through the torrid meteor stream or every was so, coming or something. Yeah. Right. So yeah. they go, okay, like we need to, and they, they always tie in like astral, you know, alignments. Alignments, and, right. So like, that's kind of weird. Like the pyramids, like, all right, maybe it's coincidence. <laughs> no, but you can look, there's an Orion <laughs> yeah. belt type of pyramid structure in China, Africa, and then South America. Right, and then so, you put those three together. Now it's Orion's Belt, like throughout the like throughout the world. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's I think a lot of now we get to religions. I mean, it's a whole separate like matter. But yeah, I mean, how do we explain the unexplainable? Or you know, people in the, back in the day were bored. They can either go farm, you know, sleep with their wife at night, or go look at the stars. I mean, that there's only so many things you can do, and like you just start thinking about things out there. Yeah, and just makes you to me if it does if that, all those coincidences don't make you question right and go okay well what if right what if this what if that what if you know a comet did hit the the ice cap during the ice age and poured all this water out on the earth and caused a giant flood sure and then all right where does that water go well it's got to stay around so now we don't have nearly as much land as we used to right you know so or it shifted or it shifted, yeah. yeah. Or you know, okay. Yeah, so, part that was like exposed before is not, and then vice versa. Right. So, what's in the water that we don't know about? A lot. We don't know ninety-eight percent of what's <laughs> underwater. Right. So, like, just so to say that, all right. This, if you th- even consider the you know lost city of Atlantis, like right. you're batshit crazy. Well, really, because there's a lot of water out there, and if we know that we've had these catastrophes, then maybe there's a lot out there we don't know, or maybe there's a lot in the water that. People are saying, uh, what was it, just a couple weeks ago, there was, I think, it wasn't in San Diego. <laughs> I just laugh. Cause <laughs> oh, San Diego. <laughs> but there was whales. Re- yeah, <laughs> yeah. In German, a whale's <laughs> vagina. <laughs> yeah. 
but there were reports a couple weeks ago of some of people saw multiple lights disappearing into the ocean. Yeah. All right. So you know what? Maybe those people that built Gobekli Tepe are the aliens, and they're just living in the ocean, and they're like um, the Israeli and uh, former military guys. Just yeah. like they're just waiting for us to get our shit together. Right. <laughs> you know? like, I mean, would that surprise me in twenty twenty one? No. I mean, I feel like maybe just me, but I feel like in the last six, seven, eight months. There's been so much more alien talk and just there's so much stuff that's coming out there now. Is that kind of the world's way or the government's way to kind of put it out there, maybe get us prepped before like, hey, aliens, here we are. You know, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who but knows? it is interesting to yeah. think about. But there's so much stuff out there. I mean, there's so many different civilizations out there. I mean, like for me, a lot of the fascinating stuff, yeah, obviously the Middle East, but then also like South America, like in terms of like Pum. I think Puma Punctu or something like that, or like Puma like parts of like Peru and like mm -hmm. certain yeah. parts out there that are just, you're looking at these different structures that a multi-layered kind of same thing, like with, you know, Egypt in terms of like, there's a foundation, like a base layer and then like something on top of it. So we're like, how old are these? Like nobody really knows, but like what like true archeologist is going to put their name out there and be like, yeah, this is 20 years, like 20,000 years old. Like people don't want to do that because now you're looked at as like, yeah, they get ostracized. Yeah. They get ostracized, but until they don't or until they're actually proven right. But that that's very far and few in between. So, and then are certain structures, like, I mean, whether it's some, some sort of like tooling marks or whatever that is, that's out there at the end of the day, it's just, I don't know. Again, I like to keep an open mind or like the Amazon. It's just such a big place. Like Joe Rogan did a great podcast with somebody, I think it's like six months ago. One of, you know, one of his guests was talking about there's going to be so much stuff that can come out of the Amazon. I mean, you're talking about like just such a huge, dense jungle, if you will. Like, don't we have the technology to like fly over, do some sort of like ground penetrating radar to actually see what's I think going? they're talking about doing Yeah, that. like LIDAR. stuff like that. I think yeah. they're talking about taking LIDAR out. LIDAR. There. I mean, how great would that be? Like, I mean, just how, how do you as a person not get a Maybe it just me. Just get excited about just parts. I mean, I do. Yeah, I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. just, I mean, just find things out about our past. I mean, you, you know, you, Tony, me, myself, like we right now, like me sitting in the seat is me based on 10 million, 100 million decisions that we've made in our life, a billion decisions. Mm -hmm. Like literally there's. But here, and here we are. Right, somehow. and here we are, yeah. right. But I mean, it's now that goes into like the multi-universe theory, like the, the infinite amount of like universes out there to where. I chose not to come here today, so now there's a different universe, or something happened, or I stopped for gas on the way over here, so now there's a un another universe, or even the fact that you know I would have pulled over to the side of the road to like look at something. Like you're talking about like millions or infinite universes out there that are based on decisions that we make at any given point in time. So why not? Yeah, okay. But I think something else too. I think interesting that you talked about before, like in terms of like you know us being batteries, like being plugged in, being like not not being plugged in, like. I mean, scientifically speaking, you know, energy is not created or lost. It's transferred. Yeah. So, I mean, there's energy that's out there. So, I mean, yeah, somebody gets unplugged. So, whether you're talking about the, the human soul or something like that is the human soul energy. Like, where does that go? Like, somebody dies. You know, you get into, like, all sorts of conversations. Like, what actually happens, like, after death and things like that. But, like, yeah, just it's not created. I mean, it's a finite kind of balance, if you will. Just things get transferred. Yeah. And I think, too, like, you go back to the, the expert talk where, you know, we've mentioned it before where, you know, anti-gravity and anti-matter and dark matter and scientists are like, Oh yeah, those are things. What are they? <laughs> yeah. We don't know. Right. So That's how much, of, yeah. So how much of an expert are you on right. science? Like, you right. know, like, okay, like I'm going to listen to what you have to say, but when you ask somebody a question, well, what is this? Well, we, well this exists. What is it? Oh, right. Well, what's, what's Eric <laughs> Weinstein say or Weinstein say about oh, quantum physics? 
Oh yeah, if you think you if you think you know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll pause real quick. <laughs> they have a uh, a decent table, but it's uh, we're piecing it together. A little, I mean, we used to. It used to be this. This was like the entire room, like right here. Yeah. And then hey, we you did, make it work. Yeah. We did a few episodes out of this. It's not garage. a couch, so. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not a casting couch. Casting yeah. couch. Yeah. yeah. There's no fluffers in here. <laughs> no. A little co-ed. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're okay if you brought a black light in here. I think you'd be okay, for the most part. Alleg- allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. There's no ostriches in here. <laughs> Oh, um, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Mean, nothing was off limits. Yeah. yeah. We're just missing sex and politics at this point. So we talk about conspiracy theories or yeah. history, religion. So that's true. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I, I we talked about aliens. I'm as happy as I can be. Yeah, let's, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think that's, I, I think we ended on the whole you know, we don't know because it's just, there's so much out there that we don't know. know. Yeah. Why not keep an open mind though? I mean, why not? I think, I think, I think you have to though. I mean, if you don't, I feel like that's almost foolhardy. Like you said, to think about the, the universes and the galaxies and all the different planets. And I mean, what we don't know about our own. Yeah. I guess. How could you not think that maybe there isn't something else out there? I mean, why wouldn't there be if there's us? Like you said, I think that's, you know, kind of silly to, to go, ah, we're it. That's it. I mean, you know, I guess you can look at it from the point of view of how much does religion play into that. And then, which is a whole separate rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Cause is religion was religion just the, it started out with the story, but then the politicians came along and realized that you could control people with religion. Right. So then it's like, Oh, got a good money making scheme here. Correct. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but then also you limit the scope of like God, earth, and we're the end all be all. There's nothing else out there. Or if you take religion out of it, then I think it kind of opens up your your mind a little bit. Or I, I guess there's so many different ways of looking at it. Does yeah. that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, I'll even um, there's a uh, I listened to a podcast with Terry Verts. I can't believe I just remembered his name off the top of my head. But he was a uh, astronaut. Nice, yeah, I don't know if you have ever heard of Terry no. Verts. So he spent again show notes. Yeah, yeah. Show notes. Yeah. yeah. So he spent. Um, was it? it was like 200 days, like 200 plus days in space. Okay. Um, and one was, it was like 20 days and then he spent 200 days straight in space. And, um, like, what do you feel like when you get back to the planet? Like with, with like the zero G's and like the gravity and stuff. Yeah, well, like he that. said you, it wasn't gotta be rough. Yeah, yeah. He said it wasn't terrible. He said it, it was a couple days that he felt like, I can't remember if he like described it as like vertigo kind of, okay. but just kind of, he just fell off. But after about a week or two, he was, he was fine. It was okay. okay. But I think, I think part of that is their, like their protocols and the exercises and stuff yeah, they yeah. do on the, the space station. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. all the things they have, like it keeps them. But still know. there's, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know if they're like, if maybe Tony, you know, but like how much like muscle atrophy actually takes place. Like what's the actual process of like metabolizing like proteins and things like that if, in terms of like how much muscle you're able to maintain versus lose like when you're yeah. out there. So if they didn't do those exercises, I think they said it would have been very significant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they, they had everything kind of planned into that program. Okay. Like you said, with the treadmills, with the, some weight bearing stuff. And I, I think it would have been extremely significant. Okay. Yeah, well, I think the diet too. They make sure because yeah. I think was I think one of the biggest things is what bone density. Yep, that they right. end up yep. losing right. the bone density because they don't have that full gravity. Yeah, I mean, you think of osteoporosis, and I right. mean, you got to do weight bearing exercises, right. otherwise, yeah, that, he, that and hormones. So hormones, yeah, yeah. shoot them up with some tea. Yeah, here you go. 
some jacked astronauts. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were on something. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Oh well, he well he even talked about. It. I think they were. Uh, he said that they'll they'll take something to stay awake. They'll take something to go to sleep, and depending on yeah the times. But he says like they'll give them a bunch of, like when he because Terry the, I think Terry Burtz was a pilot too. Yeah, Vivance and Provigil, and then. Uh, like uh, Ambien and Lanesta. Oh, nice. So, yeah, 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 he says he just typically... had some vodka to it. You get to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> well, I think he stayed yeah. away from the Ambien as yeah. much as he could because, like, especially like because he said like when you have to do like spacewalks. Yeah, do you want to sleepwalk when you're out? Yeah, there? Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I don't. He's like, I want to be as clear as I possibly can, right. get a good night's sleep, but not be you know right. up like doing weird shit in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> like, um, but he was a uh, he was a fighter pilot too, I think at okay. one point, and he said to like. There are times where they just call them go pills that he would show up and they'd be like, all right, we're going on this mission here. Take these pills. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I didn't really ask. Like, I just kind of, well, it's, it's the military. I'm sure they're, they got, they well, I mean, got how much shit. it was like, you know, World War II in Germany. I mean, they're on meth. So I mean, they're <laughs> yeah. super soldiers, yeah. but that's what it was. I mean, that's how they just kept going. Like, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of meth, a little bit of PCP. Yeah. Let's, let's go. go. Yeah, let's, go. <laughs> let's go kill some people. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a number of astronauts that have said they've seen things out there they, they cannot explain. So, well, he said, he, so he said that he'd never seen anything. Okay. Um, but he's a Christian. So I, that's what it was. It was the religion part piece of it. Right. Now you um, tie it all together. Good. Yeah. Man. That's Thank what you. it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Sorry. <laughs> I forget sometimes. <laughs> I, I get down some, yeah, you know, yeah. weird side paths. Yeah. Um, but that's what it was. He said that, uh, and they got, and he was like, well, how do you reconcile that? Like, do you, have you seen difficulty reconciling like science and religion and you know together? And he's like, well, no, he's like, for me, he's like, it just science is This is, we go on what we can prove and how things are. And just because, you know, if I believe that somebody created it all, it doesn't change the science behind it, you know? So right. I think, you know, f so for me, like when I was younger, I had a bout where my family was, very religious okay um and so it, it took me and it was in a very impressionable part of you know my age so it took me a long time to kind of reconcile you know that that science and religion and um you know I'm, they can coexist they can yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not so much of a religious person now um because i you know went real opposite at one point like okay. most you know good christian boys do <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know i make a joke but you know but it was always hard to reconcile that hey this thing is still a solid the oxygen we're breathing is still a gas like there's still science and right. all these things so like you know it kind of goes back to the you know talking about people and conflicts and you know we can coexist in in the same worlds that they, they don't have to be one thing or another absolutely it can mesh together because if it didn't we wouldn't be here yeah i mean, I mean i'm not religious if you will but i mean like I believe in a higher power, higher being, but I believe in science. And I mean, yeah, that there's a lot of stuff out there to be explained and not to be explained. And I mean, but that that's part of the fun is actually just living through life. Someone, someone that believes in dualities. Yeah. yeah. Is that what Duality. I just heard? Yeah. Oh. Multiple things can <laughs> exist in multiple yeah. places. Right. Why not? It doesn't yeah. just have to be simplified to one and one no. alone. Yeah. Because yeah. that sure. gets a lot of people killed. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. the problem, though. Yeah. Like when oh, you have. Shit. When you have a, such a finite, like bird's eye view of something, that's to me that's dangerous. That that's why I try to live an open mind. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, 
is your religion better than mine? I don't know. God bless you. I mean, that's fine. Like, I believe what I believe. You believe what you believe. You know, Mazel Tov or, you know, Lahaim or, you know, whatever it is or Viacondias or whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's just, Isn't that Pascal's wager? Isn't yeah. that what it's called? Um, like, you believe in your God. I believe in mine. At the end of the day, let's have we a drink. both die. <laughs> yeah, we both die. And wherever we go, we go. Right. And hopefully you're in a good place and I'm in yeah. a good place. Let's, let's break bread and have a good time. I mean, it just, it's, I think it's as simple as that. So, I mean. Yeah, and I think that's just my whole thing about it. Just why again pigeonhole yourself into like anything? Because again, there's anything that you're 100 percent like convinced upon that is not science or like pure black and whiteness. I think that's dangerous. It's just you can have your beliefs, but then have an open mind. And did he just say anti echo chamber? Is that what I just heard? Uh, yeah, basically. God, I like <laughs> you so much more. What is, what is that? You got to tell me about that. <sighs> Far uh, away, bro. What, that's, echo chambers. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, you look at me like I have a third No, no, no. I, no, I, I got no. yelled at last time for no, talking about fire, echo chambers. Fire away, man. He's, Cut his he's, mic off, yeah. <laughs> no, fire away. I, these are words. Yeah. These There's the 2020 vocabulary, which I, I don't love, but it's there. So, dude, explain it real quick. But I, I I was loving that, man, what he was saying. So Yeah, no, I, so to echo chamber, people, that's a word that's being thrown around a lot. Um, not nearly as much as precedented. Unprecedented, or, or, sorry. Or nuance. Or nuance. Yeah. nuance. Yeah. Or the, the new norm. Yeah, no, fine. The new yeah. normal? No. Oh, that's... Yeah, the, well, that's garbage. Yeah, yeah new so, normal. No. But I think echo chambers is really... It's It's been made extremely prevalent to, to see it, you know, this year is um, where you, you know, like the very opposite of what you're saying is you have this idea and what people do is they surround themselves with other people that have the same idea and that's... Well, it must be right. It's like right. Facebook and their algorithms. Well, it must be right because this is what everyone else is saying. Right. Well, no, you haven't listened to you know the other seven point four nine 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 trillion people or billion people that are on this earth. Right. Like, there's a lot of different ideas out there, and you, to to just surround yourself with the people that you know or the you know people that hold the same beliefs as you. That's that uh, gets real dangerous, you know. Like you said, that's that's no what doubt. kills people. No doubt. Um, literally, I mean that. that yeah. yeah, literally. I mean, but in both left, right. I mean, you name it. I mean, it yeah, doesn't matter. Religions, what, you know, whatever, politics, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. anti-religions. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. You don't got to be anything specific. It's yeah, just it's, yeah. When you believe in something so much without keeping an open mind, that kills people. I mean, yeah, it's very dangerous. Yeah, I think this year has been a uh, a really good opportunity to. Allow your mind to be plastic, yeah, um, or at least to attempt to get there. Um, because if you can't see, you know, the strife that's going on just with people and their ideas, and I don't have to tell you, like, right. maybe because you're living in a cabin in the middle of the woods, and that sounds great, but it does sound know. great. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, sun yeah, is all awesome. I just need a little river or lake or something like that, do some trout fishing, yeah, and we're good to go. Absolutely. That's all I'm missing, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Give me a fire, give me some. I don't know. Give me some protein and some books. Yeah. Yeah, Give me some books. I'll take a bow. Yeah. Get my protein. I'm all in. That's one thing. I've never done any hunting. Like I'd love to go hunting. Like I love fishing. It's, you know, I don't care about cold, hot, anything like that. Like one time I went fishing the Niagara river. It was such a unique experience. Like went down there, it was below freezing. So, I mean, we're in a little boat dinghy type thing, but I mean, we're maxing out, but it was so cold. Like you were reeling up your line and like, you had to put the tip in, you know, just the tip in your mouth. So like just to thaw at the line, but it was such a unique experience, but I mean, it's, yeah, I'd love to go hunting, but yeah, I've never, I've, I've, I've gone fishing. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not much of a fisherman. Okay. Um, or angler or whatever. No angler, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> um, Efficiently, yeah. 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 Um, I enjoy it, but like, I guess I never, I never did it a whole lot. It's weird because I grew, like, I grew up on the water. Okay. Um, not like on an ocean or anything like that, but sure. um, my family, we used to go boating on, you know, at the lake, skiing, stuff like that. It nice. was more for yeah. sport. Water sports, yeah. Yeah. And I did, you know, fishing they'd throw a bobber with a worm on yeah, yeah. throw it out there but that was about my fishing experience yeah. until i um got with uh my wife now you know her family her dad's a just he's a he's an outdoorsman for sure okay. like he grew up in west virginia like literally uh, you know from the stories he tells you know a lot of all of what they ate as far as like meat wise goes is they either had it on the farm okay or they hunted it you eat what you kill yeah, yeah. and okay. that was what they would spend their days him and his brothers would spend their days running through the woods with bows, you know, getting deer for venison and, and using that meat and everything. So how many people would be fucked if they had to do that right now? Oh, all you know, of them. You know Most of them. The vast <laughs> right. majority. Of, right. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit yeah. about it in the, in our last, last podcast where, you know, uh, we had a guy that was ex military and secret service and, nice. um, my brother-in-law who's, he loves hunting. He's legit. Well. Okay. Yeah. And, um, they, uh, well, not, Two different guys. My brother-in-law, who's the the hunter, and then the other guy is the They're both legit. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. And they were, yeah, it was basically like, yeah, maybe 10% of the people could, like, where do you I don't take? think, not even 10%. I mean, maybe, like, I'm talking world worldwide. Oh, world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, we're, yeah. you know, where are you getting your food? Like, what right. are you, you going to eat? If everything, in, like, if you. Take this dearest ass crack will not take my credit card. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I want a piece of your butt. Yeah. It's not taking it. What do I do yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do a little bit. I was never a hunter either. Okay. Um, but I do, I do, I like bow hunting. Yeah. There's just something about, you know, you know, I, I the only times I've gone gun hunting, which I've gone a lot, but I've never shot my gun. I've never okay. shot my gun at a deer okay. ever. Uh, I usually just go to drink beer that night at the cabin and, you know, okay. and, for and shoot guns. Yeah. yeah. For the shit talking. Right. Yeah. Um, but I like bow hunting cause there's just something special about it. You know, it's absolutely, you know, it's, it's still, you know, people say, Oh, it's not fair. I, What's not fair. Yeah. That, that you're shooting a deer. Like you're like, cause you're an ape, you know, you're not an apex predator. You don't need to, whatever. Okay. You know, some people will make that argument that we shouldn't be eating animals at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, some people that's make fine. that argument, you sure. know, and okay, that's you fine. You argue anything you want. That's right. Exactly. I'll listen to it. Right. Why right. Not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go. But, uh, I tried a vegan diet for like seven days. I gained like four pounds of fat. I'm like, this is not for me. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were we eating Doritos? That's what I love. They're no. like, Oh, I'm a vegan. They're just like, you know, giant pack of Doritos. No, I, I'm like, I <laughs> ate like pea pasta and peanut butter and rice and things like that. Beans. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can probably crank up your estradiol beyond the imaginable amount. I'm like, I think I had 120, 130 grams of protein a day. I'm like, what am I doing here? But I mean, probably four or 500 grams of carbs a day. So, I mean, I, I even tried to balance it out. I just couldn't do it. So yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. It's, but, but I think maybe going back to what Tony and I do for some people, vegan, vegetarian, that's great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've done this long enough. I've talked to enough people for some being vegetarian's great. Vegan's great. Mediterranean's great. Keto carnivore you name it it's just 
what's your body type? What's your body good with? Some are more tolerant of cheese than others or dairy. Some are more tolerant of meat than others. It's just, hey, yeah. eat what do you got to eat? But if you're going to judge me based on what I'm eating, then go F yourself. Uh, yeah, like, and you got some more problems yeah, than what I'm eating. Correct, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine your genes play something into that too. Oh, yeah, it goes We've back to the, about, the tribal, the yeah. evolution, yep. how people moved around the world and what they're, they had to eat. The milk and the tolerance to yeah, lactose I, and things I agree like that. that. If, if you have like a, yeah, if you have a Mediterranean base like background, you're probably better with like seafood and some of the other mm-hmm. stuff. If you're like more African, you're better off with like seafood some other things like that if you're from mountains of ireland or you know parts of europe you're probably better with meat and potatoes or what have you so i mean cheese yeah give me me my dairy product give me my cheese (laughs) i I love cheese yeah no but a lot of it yeah i mean how how, yeah i mean there's definitely i mean how much genetics actually plays into your body type your composition like what your body can handle stuff like that too i mean i I do believe in like the whole seasonality aspect of it like do i follow it no i'd love to but I'm a gluttonous mother effer at times. So I just, I just, <laughs> yeah. I like how stuff tastes all often. But I mean, there's a, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, seeds, they're not available, you know, 365 days a year. I mean, certain mm-hmm. things are just not available throughout the year rounds. So, I mean, there's definitely conceptually speaking, it makes sense in terms of like what you're eating when you're eating, in terms of like your ancestors when they had access to something. Like, whether it was just, you know, for a month, couple months at a time, just meat and like meat and fat, you know, protein and fat. All right. So there's that part of it. And then every so often, apple ripens in August and September. Let me have some apples for a couple of months, you know, things like that. Like now most of the stuff that we're eating is, you know, picked, you know, when it's green and delivered to us in a truck three, four, five days later. I think I saw somewhere where your average orange has like 30% of the vitamin C that it had like 30 years ago. So, I mean, just the quality of the foods that we're eating is just not the same now. So, I think you put it all together. And, yeah, like, I like the idea or the kind of, like, maybe, Tony, you can talk about this. We can sidetrack and then come back to it. But, like, I don't know how much you know about, like, the elimination diet. Like, in terms of, like, having that part of it. Like, in terms of, like, what your body can handle, what can it not. So, what do you think about the elimination diet? Well, so, you're just saying, like, hey, you eat this food. It doesn't tolerate it well. Don't eat it again. Yeah, in essence, like, stepping back and, like, introducing like one thing at a time like whether it's protein whether it's cheese whether it's broccoli whether yeah. it's tomatoes carrots bananas apples oranges things like that so well obviously you you know i'm a big proponent of introducing one thing at a time because then we can control it and we can see what actually happens exactly. from a medical point of view 100 percent. from a dietary standpoint i i love it too yeah. um you know personally me things that i can't tolerate uh, i'll either avoid them or um you know just I'll eat them in moderation. Yeah. Um, Prepare uh, yourself for the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why why wouldn't you though? Like, if it if it's okay. going to affect you in an adverse fashion, like, it, let's not do that. Like, there's other things out there that we can, right. you know, consume, and and so yeah, I, I I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, go ahead. I was uh, gonna say, I think a lot of people don't even. They never even get to the point of realizing that, though. No, we're thinking about it. Yeah, no. I, I talked to a buddy the other day, and um, he uh, he used to work a really physical job. Now he's works not so physical job he ate like shit he's like i'm fat now what's Old, going on yeah. he gained a bunch of weight and he's like man he's like you know i stopped i don't e-. get it <laughs> he's like i stopped eating. well now he just recently he's like oh, yeah i stopped eating fast food he's like man i'm down like seven pounds he's like and i feel really good i'm yeah. like yeah dude i told you you're eating shit <laughs> like, <laughs> but sorry yeah go ahead. no i mean i think along those lines so like I just something i've been looking to more like the, the, the whole carnivore like no tail type of diet so like for me yeah, I love carbs. You know, sugars, carbs, it's like crack. I mean, it, it is it is a drug. I mean, they've done studies in terms of showing what people's, like, brains look like when they eat a good amount of carbs. I mean, lights up like cocaine. So, I mean, same thing. But, like, so I've, like, come, I have, like, some psoriasis or, like, some rash, like, on my hands at times. So, if I have 
more carbs than I probably should or like more sugars, like I will have like a, like a, like a, you know, an itchy patch yeah. develop on my arms. But you limit those sugars and it goes away. hundred percent. There's no, there's, yeah, it can't fuel right. that when you don't have any of the sugars because right. that's what fuels it. And that's yeah. the kind of stuff. But it's like just being aware of your body. So I think it just more of us maybe need to like step back for a second and just be aware of like, hey, this is what I ate yesterday. This is how I feel today. Maybe I shouldn't have that. Whether it's eggs, whether it's broccoli, whether it's cheese, whether it's meat, whatever it is. Again, some people did great on a vegetarian diet. True. I mean, there's a number of patients that we have that are vegans or vegetarians. They're doing amazing. There's people that who are carnivores that are doing amazing. It's just, I don't know. It just, I think just keeping an open mind and seeing what your body does and how it does and react to it and just kind of evaluating accordingly. So, yeah. And I, something I tell our patients too, and I don't, I actually don't even know if we've talked about this and you might employ this too, but it's, it's kind of keeping a journal. Yeah. Um, you know, when people have problems, uh, I'm like, write them down, like, right. see like, what are you consuming? What's going on? Are there stressful events? Are you traveling? Like, wh- are you taking any new medications? Like, Write it down so that we can go back and compare it, and you have right. something to yeah the stress it. factors, whatever yep. that might be. Yep. Yeah, yeah and right. I think too. I mean, obviously, I don't necessarily do this, but I think it's a good point of writing something down when you have. You want another water? Do we have? Okay. Um, writing something down while it happens, so that way, when the problem arises, you can go back and go, okay, what's the last six hours? What's the last twelve hours? What's the last you know seventy two hours of right. my life looked like? Just being self aware. Yeah, yeah. And, and people, I don't, I don't think people aren't doing that they're just not self-aware at all um you know perfect example my buddy talking about oh man i feel a lot better than i don't eat fast food yeah because it's it's crap man yeah it's not even food he's yeah. like there's no he's like well i think there's not it's not necessarily a good protein source i'm like it's not the protein it's just the way the food is constructed like and that's exactly the way i said it and i think that that's very intentional like fast food is constructed like it's not correct grown. to get you addicted to it yeah and it's it's not food it's no. It's just it's a food substance or a food subs substitute ugh, substitute. substitute. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, and so much. I mean, I don't know. You guys like? I mean, you buy some bread off the shelf, right? Like something that's like pre-made. A couple of times, like I looked at the bread, like two, three weeks after, like the, its expiration date, and it still looks fresh. no mold, <laughs> yeah. no mold, well, we, no yeah, mold, well, zero mold. Yeah, well, we like, had that oh conversation. We had the conversation with Becky Kiri, and it was, she was a she's a nutrition okay. dietitian. Ooh, I almost Ooh. I almost <laughs> said nutritionist. So dietitian, but she's a dietitian. We had that conversation. It was like you know what, if it sits on my counter for a week and it's not molding. Maybe we should ask some questions yeah. about that. Might as well have a chunk of plastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like eat a Twinkie. Like, right, it's <laughs> scary, and that's the kind of stuff that yeah we put into our bodies. Like we teach our kids, and yeah, I mean, shit in, shit out. Correct. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> out there that just I, I don't know. Yeah, it just. But you know, how much of that at the end of the day, like, do we have to just? take responsibility for a lot of it. Like we need to do our research. We need to be aware, like something like that happens. Like, all right, I'm not buying that again. So I mean, it's not like buying the same thing. So again, at some point you keep making the same mistake over and over again, becomes a choice. You know, it's not, it's no longer an accident. It's no longer it is. I mean, did this man just say personal responsibility and accountability? Is that what I just heard? We can't have any of that or meritocracy. None of that shit. How dare you? How dare you? Well, (laughs) I was gonna say something. Now you totally threw me off. I don't know. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Um, well, you hit my keywords right there. I yeah, love it. It's just yeah. hit his buttons. I'm looking at the note cards in front of you. I'm reading it out. Yep. Yeah. Nah, there's no note cards. Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> just bourbon, <laughs> bourbon whiskey. That's our, those are our note cards. And ice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think <laughs> not very that, much. That self responsibility of knowing what you're doing and knowing, you know, 
obviously we joke shit in shit out and what you're putting in your body and sitting here drinking bourbon. But at the same right. time, it's like, you have to be, you know what? It's like, uh, you have to be willing to accept what you're doing. And if you understand that and all right, you're a grown ass human being, you do what you want, but don't blame anybody else for you right. know, the, the poison you're putting in your body or, you know, whatever happens to you. Cause you made your choices it's an educated decision based on the facts that I have. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm like, I'm with what I'm doing right now. I'm okay doing that, but I know what it's doing. What's the time frame of it. It's doing, right. but that's my job as an individual to learn what it does and how it affects my body and what impact it has short and long term. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to, um, and Tony and I had a little conversation over text at one point that, um, I would say for, for our conversations, it got a little contentious, Ooh. um, as far yeah. as our conversations go, but there was a, it was a doctor that was, it was on his podcast, not doctor. He's a, he's a, no, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. You can, you can call that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a PhD doctor. He's, he's a, not a, yeah. a medical doctor or a DO. But so. he, he's, he, he's, but isn't uh, Joe Biden's wife a doctor too? Yeah. Well, is she, wasn't she like an honorary doctor or something? Correct. Yeah. She's an honorary PhD. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Dr. yeah so Bill it was Bill, Bill Cosby list. Yeah. Correct. We saw that. We got him. <laughs> immediate, um, immediate bad taste in my mouth right now. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah. So this guy was some kind of uh, chemical neuro something or other, but he. So, psychology and I think neuroscience. Is neuros, yeah. yeah. But he's a proponent for drug, for legalizing drugs. Okay. All drugs. All of them. Okay. Okay. Like he, he even said, like he talked about for quite a while how he recreationally does heroin. Okay, um, in different in different ways, but whatever. But he, um, he recreationally does these drugs for what purpose? Or because he wants to. Okay, just yeah. to have a good time, or like experiment, or a science. Both. Or? Okay. Oh yeah. All the above. Yeah, okay. all the above. And it's not. And he said that you know there are people out there that they can't handle certain things. And he says like he won't. Was he? He doesn't drink, and he doesn't do something else. But he'll. You know, uh, he'll shoot it. up some crack. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't shoot up; he snorts it. But okay. yeah, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do, yeah, yeah. I'll, right." Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he said he's vain. He even said he's like, "You know, I'm kind of vain. I don't want the track marks." Yeah. Um, okay. But like he says, he'll do these things, and and it it sounds kind of crazy to most people. Um, but the one, the point that really got me was when he said, "You know, if we're we're living in the United States, if we're going to go by, you know, the." Um, you know, that we've been given, you know, the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And as long as whatever I'm doing as a grown adult isn't yeah. infringing upon somebody else's life, right. liberty, and their pursuit of happiness, then I should be allowed to do it. And to me, that was the, you know what? I'll agree with you there. As long as you're not infringing upon someone else's, you know, inalienable rights, is whatever that means, today, yeah, whatever yeah. it yeah. means, yeah. you know, like I, I'm okay with that to, you know, and I had the conversation with a buddy way before this, um, that he was, he's a, he's, he's very conservative. And, um, he was like, well, he made the argument, I, I'll, I'll paraphrase, but basically they're like, you know, if some dude's naked on my front porch and my kid can see him like, well, they're, that person's not, you know, infringing upon your rights. I said, no, they are. Like if they're in my view and they're affecting my child, they're doing something right. like that, then that's affecting me. Right. But what you do inside your own household, if it's not affecting anybody, then why should we give a fuck what you do? 
you know I, what I mean? And that, I mean, that was kind of the argument. I was like, okay, I can, I, I can agree. I'm all for legalized drugs. I'm all for not that I would do it. I mean that, that, but that's my choice. Why can't I have that choice? And legalized gambling. So, I mean, I play poker I enjoy cards. So, I mean, it's right now there's, I think five, six States that allow online gambling. I mean, there's that black Friday that happened like 10 years ago. I mean that they shut down online poker stars. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, many people lost the money that they had in there. So it's like, at the end of the day, just, I mean, Amsterdam obviously does it. So, I mean, crime rates go down. I mean, we can talk about all sorts of things. So, like, tax it, you know, legalize it, control it. Now you control the distribution. So, now the government can make more money if they want to based on the taxes. Now you control the purity of it in terms of, like, the quality and, like, the actual regulation aspect of it. Now you put a lot of your cartels, the mob, like, the mafia out of business when it comes to the actual, like, you know, the supply chain management that comes along with it. So, I mean, but... When it comes to that, you can talk about the religious religious aspect of it. So there's a lot of people who are against it. Obviously, who stands to benefit, who stands to lose from something like that, too. I mean, there, there's sure. that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, it's like you have your choice. I have my choice. I mean, if I want to do something, why do you need to tell me? I mean, if it's not impacting you, why why does it matter? So especially if I'm going to do something. But now we know the quality of it. I mean, how many people out there die out there, especially now with, like, the different components? I mean, Tony – that's yeah, one of your jobs, like out there, how much stuff is laced out there? That a lot. Kill? I mean, the different yeah. the, the analogs. Uh, the when you think you're getting heroin and it's it's fentanyl, right. and then you don't know the doses, and the fentanyl has analogs, and then right. So yeah, for sure. I mean, and yeah, yeah. No, that that's something I do with my patients all the time when we do our drug tests. Like they'll be like, "Well, I took this," and I'm like, "Your urine shows like three different things," and they're like, "Well, I didn't take that," and I said, well, I, "I'm not saying you took that, but right. but I you did." Ju- I just want you to know. It had a trait like trace amounts, whether it was on you know your drug dealer scale or whether it was pressed into this medication you were taking. Like it's in there, right? You know, I at least I I want to educate you it's on not that. Your so. poppy seed bagel? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah, not at all. Well, Tony, so I know we like I said for our conversations, I felt like it was heated. I don't, um, dude, I, I don't. No, I don't. I'm not saying heated like in general, but just for the conversations that we typically have, no, no. it got more heated than normal. It got well, warm. It was o- lukewarm. Okay. How about that? So <laughs> the only reason I would agree with that is because we didn't agree on it, and we we usually agree on most things right. that we discuss. So I wouldn't say it's contentious. I would just say it was an aberration from you and me agreeing. Like we we were, I was like, mm, I don't agree with that, and, you, and I'm you're like, well, why? And I was like, well, here's why, and you're like, well, I don't agree with that, and here's why. So right. Which I, I just didn't know I, if you had anything additional that you no, wanted to, which to which I appreciate. I mean, dude, so he just said a couple different things where he was like, and I and I, I liked him. I liked him. He was you know he was super smart. Um, you know, good dude. He said a couple other things that I'm not going to get into that had to do with politics, which I thought were complete fucking right. bullshit. But dude, <laughs> this is like with all due respect. By then, I need to go on. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to all due respect. No. I just I thought they were complete fucking bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no hey, I'm going to preface it with this. It, it just that's <laughs> yeah. where I was yeah. at on yeah. that. But, dude, outside of that, he was very smart in his fields. I mean, he is, he's got the doctorate. He did the time. He put that in there. Um, he just said a couple things that I was like, I don't know if I can get on board with that, uh, where he said that the majority of people that do these drugs, and, and maybe it was a sweeping generalization, and if, if I talked to him, maybe he would say, hey, you know what, let me, uh, let me qualify that a little bit. But he he you know he said uh, that <laughs> the ma- <laughs> uh, he said the majority of people uh, do these drugs responsibly and and they they kind of provide for their families is what he said right and he didn't make an exclusion when it came to uh, like 
Mexican or like like bath produced meth. Okay. Because there's there's other methamphetamines that I could get on board with. Um, you think MDMA, if it's actually pure, that's a methamphetamine, I could get on board with that. Okay. Um, different amphetamines, Adderall, Vivance, I could get on board with that. It's pharmaceutical grade. Um, and then and then heroin, uh, and and I and I American heroin, not not Afghan, not Afghani heroin, not Chinese, no, no, or Chinese, yeah, not not the poppy fields and uh, fentanyl, but but not medical grade fentanyl, just street fentanyl, press fentanyl, those kind of things. And he didn't make that distinction. And and you know, unfortunately for me, man, I I just I see the statistics through through SAMHSA. Um, I see my patients and and you know, kind of what that does when they get on it. I don't see those people as responsible. Um, I don't see them as making good decisions for their family because I deal with child protective services. Um, I deal with, uh, you know, family members that have deaths and then that affects this person and this person's upset because, uh, you know, this other person died and then they commit suicide and they kill themselves and it's a vicious cycle. And it's like, man, and I, I am not a, you know, I don't enjoy laws of paternalism. Um, no. I, I don't. I don't like seatbelt laws. You know, you think of going to the beach. Well, you can't swim unless there's a lifeguard there. Right. I don't like that. Like, if, if I want to do something and, and I'm, I have the wherewithal to understand, like, what that truly means, uh, cognitively, I'm there. Um, I'm firing on all cylinders. Like, I, I do what you want. If you want to screw your body up, you know, if you want to slam two grams of heroin and OD, I, I guess do that. But... At some point, and, and this does go back to, to kind of what you were saying about it affects other people. And if those other people, if the choice is taken away from them, if they're not of the what I would consider the age of reasoning or if they can't stand up for themselves, then that is when I have a problem. And then you, you, you kind of have to go, well, you got to weigh that. Like, should we, you know, should this be illegal? Should you not be able to do heroin just because of the amount of children that it affects? Uh, you know, other family members that it affects. And then even outside of that, it goes into uh, the other component we were discussing um, about natural selection. And that, that's a, that's a <laughs> damn, that's a, right da- that's yeah. a damn yeah. slippery slope that's, right yeah. there. Right. You know, you get into medical interventions, you get into vaccines and you're like, oof, oof, how far are we going to go with this? But I, I think, man, I, it's just, it's tough for me. And like I said, I, I don't like the government to intervene. The yep. less government, the better. Uh, usually. So quick question, if I can, before you finish. Far away. So what, how would you classify those individuals that you meet with, whether it's your patient base, whatever that is, how representative of, of that is actually society versus like actually just being your sample pool? You know, are you talking about yeah. like the people that you see? Like, is that actually a hundred percent? And you're talking about like the sample, like inadequate sample size, or by the time they actually swim, you know, downstream and get to you, now you're talking about a small pool that's maybe not necessarily representative of the entirety True. of the society. True. If so that makes sense. What no, no, no. I, so it is downstream 100. Yeah. percent Otherwise, they wouldn't yeah. be there. But there's there's a there's also a large percentage of people that they recruit to come to the center that I have to pay attention to that either do come or don't come. Okay. And they, and they have a legitimate problem. So like that, you know, that gentleman was saying, hey, there's a huge majority of people that do opiates that don't have a problem and i'm like "Mm, i don't know i don't know i guess i I think you need to define what a problem is right and and at what point does it become a problem right because you know i would say problem mean yeah yeah, i would say 60 to 70 percent of the people that come to the clinic i'm like what 
take me on a journey right now. Like, tell me what happened to you. Like, let, let's go down the path of history. And they're like, well, you know, I was, uh, I had a knee injury. Mm. And after the knee injury, I was prescribed some Percocets. So the Percocets felt pretty good. Uh, I was on the Percocets for four months. Uh, you know, I, I, I got them and, uh, you know, but I still had levels of pain. Right. And the script ran out. Yeah. The script yeah. ran out. I couldn't get a script again. And so I started buying them off the street, Right, but I was still in pain. And they said the pain got that more, the receptors got saturated. I needed something else. The Percocets got too expensive. Right. Vicodin's got too expensive. Everything got too expensive. And so I turned to heroin. Right. And it, which is like a 10th of the price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, but it's, you know, it's stronger. It takes away the pain. And uh, I, I'm not lying. Like when I went into that job before I started it, when they, you know, when they were like, oh, you know, you blame physicians for doing this, for peddling drugs, for the pill mills and stuff. Well, Purdue Pharma. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In, in big pharma. I was like, ah, that's bullshit, dude. Yeah. Like, but you know, there, there were a ton of physicians, man, that didn't keep track or they just prescribed, prescribed, prescribed. Sure. Um, and and I, I'm not blaming it on the physicians. I'm not. I mean, there, there is a choice at some point um, to an extent. Uh, well, I mean, there's many like, yeah, different like, there levels are, along the way. There are 100%. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah, there's we, eight, ten different decisions yeah, that happen uh, along the way. The multiverse, if you will. Yes. We've had that conversation before. Um, well, Go ahead. I was going to say, I think, it, you know, all the things you're saying, I think is it kind of goes back to, and maybe some of the times when I talk to people, I forget that. Um, I think differently than some people that I talk to. No <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, you, no we, way. you forget that, you know, the person, you know, we had, we goes back to the discussion with Dan, like you could have a conversation with the same, with two different people, the exact same way. And each of those people are going to have that, take that conversation and take different parts of it Polar out and, right. and understand it differently. Yeah. So um, with that listening to that guy, and that guy, I think it was Carl Hart um, was the guy we're talking about. Just if people want to, Listen Show to notes. It. Yeah, because it's a little, it's a, it's a little different. He, he is, it's a different conversation. And when I listen to those conversations, you know, it goes back to that living in duality. You know, you can take one thing that somebody says and go, "I like that." Well, the rest of it's horseshit, but he's right on that point. Yeah. You know, versus in no, and, to your and, point to the doctors and yeah. You know, I think to in some of those scenarios, I bet doctors are to blame because you know maybe this person only needed a, a five day script, sure, and they would have been fine. True. But they gave him a thirty day script, right. and now they're abusing him, and now they went down the. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, or yeah, or they didn't follow up with them, or or they didn't right. pay attention to the fact that they kept coming back for three or four more scripts and recognized, right. oh God, right. this person so, might be addicted to this. Like we need to titrate him down, which is something that he he preached, which I do believe, and you you can titrate those doses down to a certain extent. Um, and I, I do want to qualify that too with I'm I'm pretty pro drug, like you know. It, I'm not saying that there's a huge place for heroin. I do think there's a place for opiates to control pain. Uh, meth, like I said, Mexican <laughs> meth, bathtub yeah. meth. I'm I'm yeah. very against. Yeah, when you're smoking bleach, I mean, right. yeah, not a good, not yeah, a good. And, 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 no. it, it does go back to some yeah. of the analogs that are in the the drugs themselves. But you know, there is a place for you know the, the methamphetamines, the amphetamines, uh, you know, things like that, and hallucinogens. Uh, you know, marijuana, and, uh, yeah. even, even cocaine to an extent, like I can get on board with a lot of these. Right. Um, but I, I don't see, you know, just the devastation and wreaking the havoc on, on most people's lives through these drugs. Um, yeah, no, and I agree, but, and you know, uh, the other side of that would be, and I think I even said it in the conversation is 
you know, there's households that get destroyed without drugs or alcohol. Assholes or, or assholes. You know, assholes or yeah. assholes. Like, yeah. Are, there's plenty of you, functioning alcoholics, drug addicts, everything like that. And yeah. I'm, yeah. And yeah. I do, I will say, I did. I, I like the way he, he phrased it um, when talking about the people that, you know, do recreational drugs or whatever it is. Um, he said that a lot of them are still in the closet. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to say, you know, for hell, 15 years ago, oh, he smokes pot. Oh. I wonder what's next. Wonder what's going to happen to him. And now it's legal. And you know, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, just yeah. say no. Well, <laughs> right. no, dude. You know that I mean? that's. I mean, but that you got to think of the population too. My grandfather still thinks like that. And he, right, he, but that's he, what I'm my, saying. yeah. But how much of that is conditioning though? Like, yeah, no, no, no. And that's what, that, studies and, and, yeah. and and that's yeah. the conversation we've had. And he's like, yeah. oh, he's like, uh, you know, but that's a gateway drug. And I said, Gramps, I'm. You're one of the wisest men I know. And I said, but how many peer, you know, peer reviewed studies have you sat down and read? Yeah. Yeah, That said that this really isn't a gateway drug or how many, I said, you might not know many people, but I know a lot of people that are professionals that make, you know, they, they provide for their family. Uh, you know, great people go to church and they, they smoke some weed. They use it for anxiety. They use it for insomnia. I know many people every night yeah. come home and they're fully functioning millionaires. Yep. That yeah. Very, yeah, run, very, very yeah. effective to help their symptoms. Right. Dude, they don't do any other drugs. Right. Anxiety, or, or, pain relief, like whatever. You yeah, and I'll, I'll even take it a step further. And I, I'm not saying that I fully support this, but I know a, a decent amount of people that do cocaine Yeah, and they are very high functioning. Um, right. I, I don't think they do it for a specific symptom. I think they just enjoy it, but they're still I mean, functioning. If they're have a good time, then yes. There you go. They're having a hell of a good time. Yeah, well, why are we drinking this bourbon? Because it right. tastes yeah. good, we enjoy it. Tastes good, we it's enjoy it. It's all a drug. It. I mean, right. food it's, is a drug. I mean, like, the, the yeah. liquor is a drug. Caffeine. True. Right? Sure. Yeah, coffee, drugs. caffeine. Sure. You said, I already said sugar. Sugar. That's you what know, I said before, 100%. I, I, I will say, so I have a personal experience with this. So, like, when I was 15, I broke my leg. I broke my femur. As a physician, you probably know how much. That's I'll, that's no bueno. That's, that's, what that's, yeah. 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 Say, I mean, that's about the worst one. Yeah, to, how many, how many like, damn bones have you broken? Just those two. I mean, oh, hold, on. hold on. Let me knock on wood if I can hear that. So, yeah, <laughs> just my left wrist. Are you Samuel Jackson unbreakable <laughs> yeah. or what? <laughs> yeah, different story. Yeah, I see that people. Um, no, yeah. So, I mean, playing football broke my femurs. I mean, they put me in. I was 15 years old. Hold on, old. which football? American, American football? Yeah, okay. not that. Not soccer. Oh, oh, or oh. football. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, football. Yeah, American football. Uh, yeah, no, I broke my left femur. It was actually funny. My cousin was actually the one that tackled me and broke it. So that was a whole separate story. But so I'm in the hospital. So I mean, yeah, it was pretty jacked up. So like my femur. Yeah, later I find out it was actually harder than like steel. So I mean, that's a, a another whole separate thing. But I, I was on a morphine drip as a 15 year old or 14 year old. I literally had the control. I had the button in my hand and like yeah. I'm pressing the button. Like, yeah, good time. You know, stuff like that. But like probably I would consider one of the best, you know, outside of wife and kids, one of the best things that's ever happened to me was like when they got me off the morphine drip, I got home, I detoxed. And like I remember just like completely tripping balls for like two or three days. Like I remember like, I mean, the house we lived in, I lived on the second floor, but, you know, I actually just slept on the couch for like a week or two weeks because I couldn't really get it up the stairs. I remember like gnomes, like creatures coming out of the ceiling, coming out of the TV. Like I just, Jesus. I was like detoxing for like, you know. You were just holding that button the whole time before no, you no, were no. in the hospital. Or <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they sent me home with nothing. That's what I'm saying. The whole yeah. time when you're in the hospital, though, you were Correct. just like, no, like, like button, yeah. 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 Uh, good to go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, yeah they, go. Well, in America, they limit that so you can only get a certain amount. Correct. Even though you yeah, yeah, keep no pressing doubt. the button. But still, it was enough to get me through sure. whatever the pain sure. level was right. or, or that I'm like, all right, give me some Tylenol or something like that. But yeah. So I went from like something as harsh as like morphine to nothing. 
or ibuprofen. And yeah, I had I had no codeine. I had nothing like that. So I got home. But again, I went from morphine to like nothing and complete detox. It's like a 15 year old, but like tripping balls. So like for me, that's probably one of the best things that happened to me. Like just knowing what happens afterwards. I'm like, I have no interest in this for the rest of my life. So like that, that's kept me off like that kind of stuff. Like anytime maybe I had an opportunity to do them, like I'm not yeah, gonna solid. do it. No. I know what happens yeah. after that. I'm like, I'm good. So Hard yeah. no, right there. Correct. Hard so no. yeah. So I mean, from that point of view, but yeah, it, it's it's scary stuff. But I think going back to your point is just whether it's like physician follow up or like the proper follow up or things like that too. Is just like there has to be a time and a place. So yeah, I think it's that level of accountability for both parties, right? The right. patient and the the provider, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, it all goes back to me. It's it's that like you said, living that duality. You yeah. know, you can't just blame everything on on one instance or one certain thing or one certain person like there's a there's a lot of a lot of play there's a sequence of events that lead us yeah. up to where we're at right now and a sequence of events that'll come after correct yeah which leads to infinite universes yeah. infinite universes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's all the aliens are just time travelers and who knows who yeah. knows who knows <laughs> who knows but. oh man we just got to be grateful and thankful for what we have. And if you don't feel like you have enough, then go out there and get more. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Take right? those from go, your pops. Yeah, it's simple, right? right? Take yeah, those from your dad. Super go, simple. Go out and convince someone to get, get your, more. Get, <laughs> get you more of it. Yeah, get your wheelbarrow out and just yeah. make changes. Let's go. Yeah. No, well, but I was going to say, if anything, I mean, just maybe just more about my dad. But, I mean, just, again, came here, you know. My parents, I mean, I think some of the things we talked about before, but like, you know, you go out to lunch every day, right? What is that? Like eight, 10, 12 bucks at this point. So like my mom would pack my dad's lunch. My mom, like she was a piano teacher back in the day, like two days a week, you know, part-time she came here, she became a seamstress working 60 hours a week, you know, stuff like that, like fucked up her back. But like, I mean, she just sent her hunched over and like, that's what she did. Cause she did that for a hobby, but she came here and she found a way to like make that as into her business. But we lived here for a year and a half and they bought a house. How many people never buy a house? You know, stuff like that. But like, yeah. they work their butts off, pack their lunches. I think a lot of it comes down to like your day to day decisions. Like, do you go out there and get a Starbucks and like buy a lunch or do you save that and pack your own yeah. and save 10, 12, $14 a day, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's something else? I mean, if you're saving eight, let's say you save $10 a day, you're saving yourself 250, 300 bucks a month. Over the course of the year, it's, you know, $35,000, dollars they can add up to whether it's a better car or something like that too. So again, like we we're here for a period of time, bought a house and just kind of kept the volume from there. So, I mean, I think that that is sometimes like the difference of like, just coming here with the expectation to like, Hey, yeah, this is the golden toilet, but I still have to, you know, flush it or work on it or whatever it is. There's still stuff around that I have to like do my part of. And again, self accountability, self responsibility, and just do my parts. So, I mean, I, I can't rest on my lower just because I had a good last year. So, Self-responsibility. Accountability and responsibility. Yeah. I love it. Check. I preach that all the time, man. It, 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 it's, again, I, I don't know. It's, again, I feel like me being in this chair right now, again, there's many different decisions led me up to it. Whether they're good, bad, neutral, whatever it is. I mean, I'm here now. I got to make the most of it. I think you guys probably feel pretty similar to it. So, yeah. I mean, everybody out there, if you want something, go get it. I mean, I don't know. It's so... This is something, and maybe this is going to get a little bit, maybe a little controversial, but my wife and I have this conversation at times. So, like, I forget race, forget any kind of, like, socioeconomic factors. Like, I think one of the, the challenges my wife and I have at times in terms of, like, the back and forth, 
came here again, immigrant, zero English, like zero, like proper trade, whatever it was like you, you come here, you evolve, you make the most out of it. But you have the opportunity, whether it's libraries, whether it's schooling to go do and evolve. So then I think the challenge that I have at times, and I'm sorry if maybe it comes off the wrong way, but it's like, why can't, you know, somebody that lives wherever they live, whether it's the inner city, whether it's in the mountains of West Virginia, whatever it is, it just any social economic factor, but like America, it's the best flipping country in the world. Like I, I firmly believe it. Again, that's why I came here. Like I'm all in. This is my country. Like, I mean, USA, like everything. It's just, why can't she go out there and like, a, somebody speaks the language, and then B, there's tools and education that are out there between libraries, between colleges, between schools, like everything like that. It just you have to go out there. Obviously, there's a whole you know conversation for maybe another day type of thing, but it's just again, literally, we came here with nothing. So what I said before, maybe let me maybe explain that a little bit, like in terms of context and background. So we were doing well when we left, like the old country. When we left the old country, like we transferred the money, whatever we had. Let's say we had a million rubles. My parents maybe three to five thousand dollars, so they came here with maybe three to five thousand dollars. So with no language, with very few family to rely upon, with three to five thousand dollars in cash, and that was the starting point. And from that, they built to yeah. My parents live in a nice neighborhood. They have so they. It sounds like they worked hard and they were rewarded. Correct. Almost sounds like meritocracy. God, Dino, don't you use that dirty word <laughs> no, around no. here? <laughs> so maybe that was the context that we needed before, but like maybe that's just further elaboration. So that, that yeah. and that's the trouble that I have sometimes to where like, and again, I mean, again, I'm, you know, I'm from another country. My wife is American born, like her family's back from overseas, but that's a couple of generations, things like that. So I think that's a challenge that I have sometimes. Like it's just the time that you put in, like the effort that you put in, like should be rewarded. If not, you're doing something wrong. If not, figure fucking something else. Like, do something else. Like, whether it's a different vocational, whether it's a different job, whatever it is, or a different state, or something like that. But, like, you just you figure it out. If not, it's on you. Like, take self-responsibility. So, again, we came here with, I don't want to say nothing, three to 5,000. That, that's nothing. That's, that's when not you're, a lot. When, you, when that's all you have like, to your name, that's Like, literally nothing. Yeah. Like, different. I remember, like, my mom, like, would make. So, it was, like, again, so, like, I mean, my, my you know, my, my. My dad's mom, you know, with her, whatever, whatever. My my uncle lived somewhere else, but like, it was my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my brother. So we had a two bedroom apartment for what was that? Like five of us, you know. My brother and I would share a room, like whatever that was. My mom would used to make like chicken noodle soup. She would throw like noodles in there, throw a chicken in there, a bunch of beans. We would have a three, four day for like worth of meals for like three, four dollars, if you will, between like I remember her making like just mashing up a bunch of beans with like onions and stuff like that, some bread. Like now that's a meal, like some chicken that's in like this chicken noodle soup and stuff like that. Like I'm talking about like these are all choices that we have. We don't have to go out to McDonald's or like Arby's or whatever it is to like have our dinners. That was the meal that you made and that lasts us for like for days and days between like the carbs and like the noodles, like the chicken and all that kind of stuff. So like Again, at the end of the day, like we all have our choices. I mean, whether you're like it or not, like we, it's a free country. Like this is the best country in the world. Like it's just what choices do you want to make? What choices are you okay with? If you're not, then you pivot, you evaluate, and you like move on, if you will. So I mean, but again, that that's the challenge that at times, you know, I love my wife, but sometimes we have this conversation to where, you know, there's that socially oppressed system, and again, there's so many. I'm sure there's so many underlying factors, and maybe I'm ignorant Absolutely. to it. Maybe I'm. 
I don't want to simplify any of it. I, it's a conversation you can probably have for day, days and days and days. Oh, yeah, I mean, conversation you have for years. Right. I think does one, that would make sense what I'm saying? Like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it kind of resounds with me because um, you know, I don't. I, I wouldn't say I've had it that hard by any means. Um, but like I told you, I don't know if it was on when we were recording or not. But I said, you know, there's times where I didn't know what I was going to eat right. next. Right. Um, you know, and I I listened to. Do you know who Jocko Willink is? Yeah. So have you ever listened to the um, his podcast with? Um, he did, he did one with, uh, her name's Rose Schindler. She's a Holocaust survivor. Okay. No. Um, but so her and her husband or they survived and then, you know, they were able to come over to the United States Yeah. and the first thing they, the first thing they did, I, I get, where can I get a job? Yeah. And they were like, you know, the people were like, well, well, you just like literally just literally came out of the camps like and got on this like different as like a juvenile grant deal that they were able to come to the United States. Yeah. They're like, we got to get a job. We got to start. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Let's go. And it was right. like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Okay. Like if that, if, right. if that no was me, like, let's go. Yeah. Like, like yeah, it, that's happens, that personal responsibility. Like right. only you can make your life better. Right. If you're waiting, you around can make yourself a victim or if not, like you have that option. Like you right. either become the victim or you become like you own your situation. I think along those lines, like one of the best books I read was Victor Frankl, like a man's search for meaning. It was about a Holocaust survivor. Just talking about like his journey throughout the Holocaust and things like that. So, I mean, it's just, it's a powerful thing. Just looking through different things that happen through like trials and tribulations. But I mean, I don't know if it gets any more powerful than that to where, and I think what I've said kind of throughout the, the course of this conversation, like life will kick you in the nuts and then you're taint. And Every you're chance asshole. it gets every chance <laughs> how do you respond to it do you lay down in the corner do you absorb the punch and you're like hey okay this is what happened during that punch this is how it came like how do i not like get punched myself like that the next time go around how do i learn from it and how do i learn evolve and just go from there if you will so those are choices that we all have at the end of the day so yeah and i think that's it, it goes down to that it's that you have if nothing else in this world, wherever you live, you always have a freedom to make a choice. In this country. In this country, it's, in this it's country, very amplified. Which is and even and anywhere now. else. Even if you don't have for the, now. Yeah. For now. But even if you don't have the rights, yeah. even if you don't have the legal rights to do, you know, certain things or you always you always have the freedom to make your own choices. Regardless of what it, it might mean, your death. Right. It has for a lot of people throughout history. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So or we're moving to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and then separating, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It, I think it, it, that's what it boils down to is look like you said life's going to kick you in the balls regardless. All the time, and maybe some of those, you know, ball kickings were institutionalized, right? Or you know, it was the government, or it was this, or it was your brother, or your you know your significant other did it on purpose. All right, All it right. happened. Right, it, it's it's happening. So now right. you have now you, you can't have, change it. Right, you have the choice. To make your own choices moving yes. forward. Yeah, you can't change it. I mean, it's already gone. So what what happens next time? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have to? I know you said we're at four o'clock. Bro. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So cool. Well, we can. Uh, this is to be continued. Maybe. Yeah. We yeah. Can wrap it. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah, coming, this man. Is phenomenal. Yeah, I appreciate you being on. Thank I, you. Man. I, this is awesome. Yeah, I will do 